0: talk live you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll free at 1-800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line 800-259-9231 join us online at freetalklive.com we give you the features on the site there for free so enjoy those on us again that's freetalklive.com. Uh, joining me tonight, Mark Edge is out. Uh, out until I think next week or something like that. He's out at a at a wedding. And Stephanie Murphy is here. Hello, hey Stephanie. Now you you are the host of uh, Pork Therapy. That's right. And I know a number of our listeners have been uh, turned on to Pork uh, Pork Therapy because of your calls to the show. And of course, we put you on the the Liberty Radio Network as well. Yes, I over, appreciate that. Yep, over at Lrn.fm, and people can go to Pork Therapy. That's Pork with a C. Uh, porktherapy.com to hear more of you. Mm-hmm. So you're going to sit in throughout the entire show tonight. And I kind of sprung a surprise on you. And I guess I'm springing it on uh, pretty much our, our entire listenership. It's a here good tonight. surprise. It is a good surprise because we have a special guest here on the third microphone, Mr. Lou Rockwell. Welcome to Free Talk Live.
1: Ian, it's great to be here. I, I feel like I'm in the, the northern capital of libertarianism.
0: Ooh, southern well. capital being Auburn. That's quite a compliment. <laughs>
1: yeah, I to, can I take that as so an endorsement? So we have to have like a, like a yes. pincer <laughs> movement on D.C. from the north and the
0: south. So, what's the, so Auburn would be the southern Yeah, uh, that's what I'm thinking, yeah. Obviously you, there are many places, I'm just teasing. But. That's where you came from uh, to visit the, uh, the northeast, and apparently you've got family that or you're originally from the, the region, not, not New Hampshire. But
1: I'm from near Boston, uh, but uh, my mother was from New Hampshire, not far from oh. Keene here. So uh, uh, it's great to be, it's, it's sort of home. Wow. So it's uh, I've always been thrilled by what uh, you guys are doing and this show, and of course the Free State Project, and uh, uh, Stephanie's doing at Dartmouth, and so all, <laughs> all kinds of great stuff going on in New Hampshire.
0: Well, for our for our uninitiated listeners, uh, Lou, uh, can you give your uh, maybe a, a short? Who are you? Who is Lou Rockwell? Well,
1: let's see. I, I uh, as I mentioned, I'm from near Boston. I've had a series of, I must say, magnificent jobs that have really been uh, a thrill. When I was uh, um, about your age, I, I was uh, editor at, an, at a publishing house called Arlington House in New Rochelle, New York. And one of my authors was Ludwig von Mises. I mean, you know, wow! How can, mm-hmm. You can't get much better than that. Henry Hazlitt, uh, Murray Rothbard. So I got to meet and deal with a whole uh, lot of great heroes, and um, also had the chance to be uh, chief of staff to Congressman Ron Paul, and uh, worked very closely with Murray Rothbard for many years at the Mises Institute and. And before that, and I just had a you know, and uh, after working for Ron, I, I founded the Mises Institute about uh, 28 years ago, and uh, I've had a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, Now, the Mises Institute, has it always been down in Auburn?
1: It's always been in Auburn. This is a terrible thing to admit. I actually started it, this is horrible, in Washington, D.C. Well, it's a good place it. to leave. No, so I, I soon <laughs> left, and uh, um, so it's it, it's ironic. I mean, we at that time, I thought, perhaps incorrectly, that the institute had to be affiliated with a university economics department. And Auburn's was the only one in the country interested in having anything to do with this. Hmm. It's a very different situation today. You know, Austrian economics has a, a much uh, broader audience in, in the academic world than it did then.
0: Would you say that's thanks to the Internet?
1: Internet has been a huge, a huge effect. Um, I remember in the old days, we were just thrilled if somebody was able to phone us or write us and say, I'm interested in Mises or I'm interested in uh, Austrian economics. So, yeah, the beginning, of, we, we had our first website in 1995, right at the very beginning. And, uh, yeah, it's been uh, just, that's been, made all the difference for us, and, of course, for many other uh, classical liberal and libertarian ideas. So and the, for my own website, lewrockwell.com.
0: So I was going right to get that to too. that. You, you mentioned yeah. you had uh, a website for the Mises Institute. When did lewrockwell.com get, uh, when did that come into being? It started in
1: 1999. Uh, it was an outgrowth of of a sort of an email list I had I was so upset at Carter's wars on on uh, Bosnia and Serbia and so forth and all the people he was killing Clinton Clinton, Clinton. excuse me I didn't like Carter either but um, so I started out yeah started out sending messages to this email list and that's then I decided well there was a place for a website like this a libertarian website
0: Now, has it always – I mean, I've only been really tuned into it probably for the last five or so years. Has it always been the same general format where there's daily uh, articles and interest pieces uh, written by people you know and other people?
1: Yeah, I mean, pretty much exactly the same. I mean, there are different emphases depending on the issues of the time. But it looks the same and – pretty much the same emphasis
0: i mean it's a great site for any of our listeners that haven't been uh lourockwell.com has been a great source of uh, show prep for free talk live uh, oh, yeah. for, for many years uh, I, I can't count the number of pieces that we've shared just you know verbatim from uh from your website well, thank you william norman grigg i think is is one of my favorites he's a hero mm-hmm. he's he a is guy.
1: yeah he's he's an, he's an amazing guy
0: well, why do you say that? I mean, besides the fact that he's really great at writing about the uh, the oppressive police state, uh, what what else? Well, he
1: got fired um, by the. He worked for the for the, the a magazine called the New American, published by the John Birch Society, and they fired him for not sharing their views about the glories of the police and the military uh, and similar ooh. things. Oh. And so he's had a very tough time since then. Um, but he really, I mean, he he's kept up the fight. He's a fighter. And uh, he speaks truth to power. And just I think he is the key guy on matters of police brutality and uh, related issues.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like he kind of ran with it when he got fired, because now he writes like almost exclusively about police brutality. Yes. Yeah. And
1: he's really he's well known
0: for it. Yeah. By the police, by the way, as well as
2: uh, by,
1: sure, by yeah. the <laughs> victims. Yeah, they don't yeah. like him.
0: So, uh, so, Lou, I mean, how how do you go go about this process of selecting every single day, uh, is it just you? Are you the, the 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 editor of the website, or is there? I'm the th-
1: editor, but I have a lot of people who help. I I have people all over the world who send me articles, and of course, you soon learn when you're getting emails from people who who's worth paying attention to and who's not. Mm-hmm. So I have people that I pay attention to, and I and I get their articles. I have writers like Stephanie. Uh, people take a look at her archives <laughs> on LRC, Thank you. and um, so it's really it's really I have many many helpers. I mean, it's, it's not just me. It's hundreds of people.
0: Right. So you, you take submissions from folks and then there are certain ones that are outstanding. And then when those outstanding people send you something, they're more than likely going to get published, I would guess. Well,
1: yes, there's that. And also just people send me links. Like mm-hmm. I have a, a friend in Australia who sends me wonderful links. And he doesn't write but he, because he doesn't want it because of the place he works for. He's concerned that he might not last there if he were writing for a, uh, an anarchist site. But um, so he sends me great stuff and there are people in Europe, people in uh, Latin America, uh, people in Japan, um, really all over the world. So who both write and send suggested articles to link to.
2: And you also have a blog too, right? There is a blog. Yeah. So that's sort of like a companion to the site. You know, you can go there for kind of a different style of content. People Mm -hmm. post videos and uh, short, you know, blurbs.
0: I love the blog. I think the blog is uh, is a great addition. It's relatively new, last few years, right? Yes, relatively new. And I remember I was uh, the first time I saw the blog. I was upset that I couldn't comment on it, and then I realized, thank <laughs> goodness, I can't comment here because I would just get embroiled in comment wars and like just <laughs> commenting on things uh, back and forth. Because your site is incredibly popular. I mean, if you were to open up comments on the blog, it would just—I mean, there would be likely be hundreds of them.
1: Well, there are there are reasons to open comments, but there are reasons not to. One one recent reason. Is because of the, all the copyright trolling that's going on. There's with the uh, tighter and tighter copyright laws from the, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act and, and what's happened subsequently. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are sites right now being sued for huge amounts of money by predatory lawyers connected to Obama, by the way, uh, because some commenter posted a piece of copyrighted material on their blog. Wow. And uh, wow. so it's, and if you're a small blog. And- so, but how does
2: disabling the comments. Uh- help with that
1: well the people can in other words can't post i have to i have to oh because the, people would be posting yeah. in the comments yes section, so i think there would be stuff. hundreds gotcha. and hundreds of people yeah.
0: yeah it would be it would be diff, very difficult to keep an I eye like on I like the it. traffic yeah.
1: but it's 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 difficult to keep an eye on
0: things so i mean speaking of traffic is it true a true statement that lou com is the most trafficked libertarian or liberty oriented uh website yes on in the, the internet world. yeah
1: and in fact it's the best read libertarian publication in history if i can Blow what, my own horn there for a what, moment. What, sure, certainly so, the you, best read anarchist, the best read anarchist publication ever to exist.
0: How did that happen? Oh, hold that thought we'll get we'll get back to that here in moments and now if you've got a question for lou rockwell he's with us and is generously giving us to the, uh, the end of the hour so plenty of time for your calls at 1-800-25 you don't mind taking some calls no glad to all right 800-259-9231 also I want to talk about your podcast which is kind of uh i don't know where it is right now so i want to find out what's going on with that uh and i've got some other questions too but your questions are as uh, are welcome as well at 800-259-9231 this is free talk live with lou rockwell
3: Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crum had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crum is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of El Neil Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at Bigheadpress.com slash PK.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll free, though, if you've got a question for Lou Rockwell, your call will be given priority, at least for this hour. 800 259 9231, the number brought to you by SACL CAI. And one of the many things that uh, the, the good folks behind SACL CAI are involved in is Think Twice News. John Shaw and Osborne from Think Twice News and Think Twice Productions uh, have teamed up once again with the mighty Stefan Molyneux, another Lou Rockwell uh, article contributor to present a uh, brave new epic video, The Sunset of the State. See it now at thinktwicenews.com. That's thinktwicenews.com. You can join us online, by the way, at freetalklive.com. We've got various different ways for you to listen in. Of course, our live streams are there 24-7. The latest episode of Free Talk Live is available for you. Plus, our listen lines allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen to Free Talk Live. Plus, there's our webcam, and if you're watching the webcam right now, you can see Lou Rockwell is sitting with us here in the studio, uh, the man behind the Mises Institute. Are you the founder of the, the Mises Institute? I did. I had that great pleasure. And are you the now Institute. the president of the Mises Institute? No, what's, I'm what's chairman. Doug chairman. French is the president. Okay. Uh, and, of course, also the, the, the founder and the editor behind lourockwell.com, the number one liberty-oriented website period across the board nothing i don't know Does anything even come close what's your what's what's your biggest competitor if you even know
1: uh i don't actually know i don't but either they're all i think they're all somewhat behind yes
0: maybe it'll be freetalklive.com well, someday it could <laughs> be. and
1: especially now that you're on 82 stations yes we were talking we were about talking about off the air about that
0: uh yeah we just picked up maui in fact uh we should have an 83rd but i haven't confirmed that they're on uh yet they should have started this past weekend oh, and, thrilling uh, cool thrilling. We'll, we'll be at 400 before you know it i'm, I'm sure <laughs> Uh, so thanks for coming in here, uh, Lou. You're actually here physically in person, which is really a pleasure, and uh, we've never met before. Uh, no, you've never met Stephanie before. Never met She's- Stephanie
1: before, although because I know Stephanie because of her, her articles for LRC.
0: Yep, and get a little closer on that, mic if you Oops, if sorry. you don't mind. Just the better, the closer you are, the better you sound. We're going to take some calls for you here. If you've got a question for Lou Rockwell, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But there's a lot to uh, a lot to talk about here. And I did mention I wanted to touch on your podcast because I had emailed your producer about the, the Lou Rockwell Show, which is your podcast. You've been doing it for about a, a year, at least. I would say. Yeah, several years. <laughs> several years. Although okay. it's, it
1: is, you know, it's it's uh, um, not always. It's, doesn't compete with your radio show for keeping to schedule.
0: Right, right. And that was what I was wondering about because it was going strong for a while and then it kind of dropped off and then it came back and there was a few episodes that were produced and it's dropped off again. I don't think there's been one in a month and a half, maybe two months. Is it going to come back, Lou? Yeah, there are a whole bunch of them scheduled. Okay. Um,
1: John Taylor Gatto uh, and many other great, great guests coming up, Ron Paul. And, Excellent. Uh, yeah, good to hear. But they're, it's, uh, it was it. daily for a time. But that got to be a little too expensive.
0: Once a week would be great. I mean having the uh the consistency of publishing is is good because you keep your listeners kind of hooked in and they know what to, uh, they know what to expect. They know what's, well, I, what's coming yeah, up.
1: You're an expert, so I appreciate that advice. I think that's Take very it or good leave advice. It, right? yeah. Um
0: but yeah, I mean we had you on L R N Fm, which is the Liberty Radio Network. Yes. That's kind of my little uh hobby project where I've taken various different uh liberty-oriented hosts. Stephanie's got her show. Uh, Stefan Molyneux, of course, has a great mm-hmm. show. And so we've got about a dozen different uh, shows. Some of them are live. Most of them are, as yours are, podcast. And, and most of them are kind of a once a week sort of uh, sort of thing. But basically, we load it into a, a program loop, and it just rotates all week long. And so you'll, if you listen a lot, you're going to hear the same thing. Ian, I'm going to take once. your
1: advice. So I don't know what day it'll be, but we'll We'll do it once a Good. week on a particular day.
0: Because I want to get you back in there, uh, and we just bought a satellite channel for it, and it's up there right. now, and you know, there's probably a few people listening to it. I can't say a whole lot. <laughs> CIA, uh, but, all those guys. Oh, you, well, probably. <laughs> uh, so let's actually go to the phones here. We've got somebody that has a question for you. It's Jeff in Maryland on the Amp lines Hello, Jeff.
4: Hey, everyone. Hey, you're on great with Lou. Hi, Jeff. Great, great to uh, especially see Lou on the show. This is terrific. um. My question, I'm interested in this with a lot of people who have been principled libertarians, uh, in particular those who have been such uh, for for many years as you have, Lou. And you mentioned having met uh, Mises through your association with Arlington House and all of that, and I was wondering uh, how much of a libertarian were you at that point, or was he your primary influence, Um, other influences as well, and, of course, your long association with the great, uh, Murray Rothbard, if you would comment on those things, uh, I think that would be of great interest to the listeners.
1: No, I was already a libertarian when I went to work at Arlington House, which was a conservative publishing company, although it did publish libertarians. Um, but the, the owner of it, uh, the great Neil McCaffrey was a conservative and it, it uh, also had as a subsidiary the conservative book club, which still exists. And, uh, so, uh, uh, but I was a libertarian when I went there. I'd been a libertarian for many years, but I became more and more radical, I must say, over the years. Uh, Murray Rothbard had a strong influence on me in that regard.
4: Was it, was it Murray that turned you into an anarchist? It was
1: say? Murray who turned me into an anarchist, yes.
4: Very good. Same
0: here. Jeff, Although, thanks for the call and the question. Appreciate it. Excellent. So, uh, anarchist is a word you've used a few times to describe not just yourself, but also Uh Why do you choose that word? Don't you feel like it has some baggage attached to it? Well, sure, and so does every, you know, I mean, the, the
1: state always uh, seeks to destroy the language, to uh, trick people, to fool us, and uh, so they want to make that into a bad word, uh, and they associate it with bomb throwing and that sort of thing in the past. Uh, so you can, you know, it's possible to say that you believe in a private property order, You believe in an entirely voluntary order. I mean, there are many ways to say it. I like to say anarchist. I like especially Murray Rothbard's formulation of anarcho-capitalist because there are anarchists who are communists who believe in the collective ownership of property. Uh, But uh, there's a great article by uh, Stefan Kinsella. uh, Oh, we love that guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, about (laughs) about, uh, what is anarchism. And it's a great explanation. What he says is you're an anarchist if you agree that it is wrong, always wrong, to use violence or the threat of violence against the innocent now when you state it like that everybody says oh well of course I'm not for that but then you discuss taxes or you know a million and one other things and of course they are for using violence or the threat of violence against the innocent but if you are opposed to that that makes you an anarchist doesn't mean you necessarily think an anarchist society could ever come about doesn't mean you necessarily know how such a thing would function or even if it could function but you just think morally that it's never right again to use violence or the threat of violence against the innocent, but only against the guilty. One That
0: ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL-CAI toll free line. Capitalist is another word that has uh, you know, got a lot of baggage attached. Yes, it to does. It. Why? Uh, why embrace that one?
1: Well, I think that, you know there are problems with it. I mean, it's true that because it, uh, uh, in some parts of the world, capitalism is seen as the, say, the current American system which is, right, a, which is it's a corporatist fascist. Kind of, yeah. It's corporatist, yeah. It's corporatist. It's soft-fascist, although becoming less soft by the day same <laughs> seems really? sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, I think because Mises used it, because Rothbard used it, uh, Hazlitt used it. I mean, that's sort of good enough for me. But I, I like, I say the free market, too. That's what I named the Institute's newsletter. Uh, so I think that there's, uh, you know, let a hundred flowers bloom. I mean, there are many different ways to describe the the system of freedom and uh, I think capitalist is one although I, I'll admit like anarchists that it's got baggage but so does the word liberal. Mm-hmm, I mean we are yeah. liberals too. But Classical, Classical liberals. Classical liberals. Yeah. Well but I mean it's you know, yeah. but well, They have to put that term in front of it to, yeah, to differentiate yeah. it. That's yeah. right. So you can't say liberal anymore because they ruined it. Yeah.
0: yeah. So we just we have to deal with these things.
2: I agree with you Lou. I think there's you know a lot of problems and uh upsides to using all these terms but there's more coming up here your that.
0: calls as well are welcome at 800-259-9231 that is the sacral cai toll free line lou rockwell is with us that's that lou rockwell the one from LouRockwell.com. if you've got a question for him 800-259-9231 he's here for another half an hour we'll take your calls this is free talk live By the way.
5: Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com
0: this is free talk live you can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll free Though calls uh, will be given preference if they're for lou rockwell he is here in the studio with us for the remainder of this hour 800-259-9231 that number brought to you by SACL cai You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You want to be kept in the loop with what's happening with the show? Go to news.freetalklive.com. To get signed up, you can follow us via email, get our emailed updates. Uh, You can also also get the Twitter feed or Facebook. Do whatever way works best for you. Whichever delivery method you prefer, you can get it. It's all free over at news.freetalklive.com. Now, what if you found out? that the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes. Would you want to join them? Well, I did, and you can too. It's happening, and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. The man who created LewRockwell.com, the man who edits LewRockwell.com, also the founder of the Mises Institute, is here, actually in the studio. I had the uh, the pleasure of having your sister, uh, Debbie, email me out of the blue. A week and a half ago, and hey, uh, I'm Lou Rockwell's sister, and we're coming to town, and we were interested in stopping by if you'd like to have us. And I said, sure, pick your day, and. Here you are.
1: So. Oh, it's great to be here. Yeah, thanks great for coming here. out. And it's, it's a very uh, storied show, so it's, uh, it's an honor to be on it.
0: Well, thank you, and uh, it's an honor to have you here. Um, we want to get back to these phone calls because people obviously have questions for you. It's, it's probably, I mean, how often do you do radio appearances? Obviously, you have your own show, the Lou Rockwell Show, but you don't take calls on it. So. No, I,
1: I, I used to do a lot of radio before 9-11, then somehow things dropped off after that. Um, people didn't want to hear this sort of <laughs> viewpoint. Well, you've, been on the, That's unfortunate. You've,
0: been on, you've certainly been on the... But I was on a
1: lot of shows before that. Now
0: it's just occasionally. You, uh, you've you been on the Andrew Napolitano show. Though.
1: Yes, he's That's, been very nice to have me on a number of times.
0: We've had him on once, and uh, I, I was shocked when I was watching him on one of the Stossel shows about how radical he was. I didn't realize. I, I thought he was going to be one of the Fox News kind of hosts where they pander to the liberty ideal but don't really mean what they say or, or won't go all the way, but... There was one discussion he was having on uh, Fox News with uh, John Stossel where he, he basically called for the abolishment of the military on Fox News. And I thought, wow, this guy's a real deal. And
2: similarly at uh, Liberty Forum, he gave a speech that was along those lines, too. Yeah.
1: Also, he, he uh, once had Stossel tell him, you know, when you say taxation is theft, you make me look bad. <laughs> so, yeah, the judge is great and he's yeah. – he's, uh, a very learned guy, and he continues to learn and uh, more and more interested in our sorts of ideas, so it's great.
0: Let's great get man. to uh, these folks want to have, ask you some questions here. Let's start with Mark in Ohio. Mark, you're on with Lou Rockwell.
6: Hey, Ian. Hey, Lou. Everybody, wow. What Hi, a treat this is. <laughs> Lou, uh, thanks for reading my email. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> sure. Thanks for sending it.
6: Hey, uh, I always enjoy uh, watching you on with Napolitano, but it's quite a treat to have you uh, here tonight, actually live and in person uh, through the cam feed and all the rest.
0: So what's Um, your question?
6: Well, my question is uh, basically I was interested in learning basically the future of LRC and basically what plans are in the works for possibly the upgrades or additional features that might be added uh, here in the coming months or years. Kind of what the goals and what the direction is of LRC.
1: Well, I'd like to expand it. Obviously, I want to expand the audience. I'd I'd love to be able, for example, to advertise on something like the Drudge Report. A little bit beyond us right now, because uh, it was sort of a shoestring operation. Uh, uh, is it profitable? The Free state project. Is LRC profitable? No, it's it's uh, it's almost profitable. Oh, okay. But it's not profitable. No, uh, be nice if it were. We all believe in profit.
0: Sure, sure. <laughs> so. If you can profit from your activism, then, I mean, that's the best so it, situation.
1: It's a, uh, uh, but we have some, we have uh, people who give money too, and mm-hmm. we have our ad, income from advertising and from Amazon book commissions. Uh, we just this summer, we had to sort of fight off some, as can happen to websites, a lot of uh, attacks, um, some of them ideologically motivated, attacks on our donation system and that sort of thing. Um, but that sort of goes with the territory. There's also um, a step up, and we were talking off the line about copyright trolling—people who uh, uh, want to use the new copyright laws to get to levy huge uh, judgments against you. So uh, we had to do all kinds. Of, we had to sort of scramble to make sure the site was bulletproof from that standpoint. And uh, but we keep growing, and uh, we want to keep growing. We want these ideas to get out there. And I must say. The, the best part of it is when I get emails, which happens very frequently from people who say, you entirely changed my, my view. I was a neocon. I was a Republican. I was a conservative or mm-hmm. some other horrible thing. And uh, now I'm a libertarian. Now I'm an anarchist. Uh, Makes now, it all worthwhile. huh? Yeah, yeah. Now I don't vote. You know, other great stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm yeah.
2: one of those people, Lou, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that's great, Stephanie. Yeah. So, Mark, I, uh, I, did I answer your I, question? W-
6: uh, it does, and I wanted to just follow up and let him know that uh, the blog is my homepage when I open up my browser every day.
0: Oh, well, thank uh, you.
6: It's a relief. Uh, believe me, compared to all the other misinformation that we get in the world, it's kind of like um, an oasis, if you will. And, Thanks, uh, Mark. I they, appreciate
0: it. Thank you for the call absolutely. tonight. Definitely appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231, uh, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. I meant to ask you, Lou, uh, so how did it get to be? The number one liberty oriented site. I mean, was it just a slow word of mouth growth process? Did it explode at a certain point in popularity? Do you recall, or were we just not even paying attention? And all of a sudden, no, no. I mean, it, it it,
1: it uh, got started slowly, then it exploded, then actually the explosion slightly diminished, mm-hmm. but now it's back up above uh, what the height was in the early days. So I don't, uh, you know, I, I hope it's onward and upward. Um, I do know that uh, it's read by all sorts of people in the government as well as. In the private sector,
0: but you got the right formula. You know, you've got daily content that changes. I mean, pretty much every single day of the week. And now, even with uh, weekends, they change because the blog posts are happening all weekend long. And so, you've got something to to keep people coming back. As Mark pointed out, he's got it as his uh, as his homepage, and it's that kind of thing that's going to keep keep you where you are and make things better.
1: And when the Department of Homeland Security recently was cutting off access to controversial websites. Uh, to their employees, LRC was one of those controversial websites. You should That should be I a badge informed. of honor.
0: Yeah, yeah it is that's how you know honor. you made yeah. it big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's continue with Alex in New Jersey. You're on uh, Free Talk Live with Lou Rockwell on the Amplines.
7: Hey, guys. Uh, Ian, I was wondering if you could explain to Lou some of the activism, uh, both politically and apolitically, that's been going on
8: in Keene. And uh, Lou, if I could just get your thoughts on what do you think the best direction is to have liberty in our lifetime, do you think that there should be equal amounts of civil disobedience and political activism? Do you believe in civil disobedience more so than political activism? Uh, What are your thoughts on that?
1: Thanks, Alex. I I think a Big Ten is the approach. So, you know, the division of labor applies to this part of the world as well as other parts. So some people want to be in politics. That's not my own... Although I I once was in politics, very deeply in politics, before going straight. But... but (laughs) But it's uh, you know, if you like politics, great. I would never urge anybody to commit civil disobedience, but I certainly approve of and honor the people who do, because of course you're taking uh, you know, sort of taking your life in your own hands. But it's a great thing. It's a great example. And uh, there's intellectual activism. Uh, I think really the f- the first thing, and I, this is I speak from my own background here. I think the first thing you have to do is educate yourself. Sure. I mean that is the one person you can actually really influence. You hope to influence others, but the one person you can surely influence is yourself.
0: Well, if you don't know the ideas of liberty and you, uh, you can't communicate them effectively, then you're kind of stuck in a difficult position. That's correct, if, yeah. So you got to
1: read, read, read.
0: I, first of all, I love the Advocates for Self-Government, by the way. They're one of the best. I've, I've no, there's no shortage of plugs for those folks here on this show, and I think they might even be sponsoring us soon, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean, they've got a real great resource for people that want to get better at communicating the ideas. First, you learn ha- what the ideas are, uh, and, of course, the Mises Institute has all kinds of great free stuff, online audios and uh, p- papers. Books, and videos, books, like
2: anything you could think of. And and hundreds exhausted. of books,
1: thousands of hours of videos, audios, papers, articles, all uh, journals, all for free. We
0: should mention uh, the website, Mises.org, M-I-S-E-S.org. Of course, LewRockwell.com, that's L-E-W-R-O-C-K. Is there another way? Have you registered to any other I registered to L-O-U. Good, good move. Okay, so we don't have to spell it out then. LewRockwell.com. Uh, you can go and get some great stuff there, too. Still enough time maybe to sneak your call in here at 800-259-9231. Alex wanted me to explain the activism here, but I mean, Sam was just here from ObscuredTruth.com a moment ago taking some photos, and uh, you were already aware that we were arrested. So clearly you're you oh yes, you aware of, to some extent of what's going on here in Keene. Uh, so we'll come back, maybe talk a little bit about the Free State Project mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know what your level right. of familiarity is with right. that. Also, maybe time for your call at 800-259-9231. If if you want to talk to Lou Rockwell, this is your last chance because he's only here till the end of the hour. 800 259 9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is free talk live you can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll free at 800-259-9231 that number brought to you by SACL cai 1-800-259-9231 join us online at freetalklive.com you can enjoy all the features there on the site for free and if you like the show and you want to help support free talk live there is a way to do that in fact there are a few different ways one of them is to become a free talk live amplifier for as little as three bucks a month we will take that money in and reinvest it into the show. We'll use it to get on more radio stations around the country, to bring more Internet listeners on board with the program, and thereby expose new people to the ideas of freedom, which is something that uh, we do. I think and we do a decent job of it here. Lou Rockwell uh, also does a very good job of it, uh, probably the best, because his is the most, uh, the most viewed website Of all the Liberty websites on the entire internet, com, And he's with us in studio tonight. Thank you again, Lou, for spending what is a portion of basically a vacation with us. Oh, this is is vacation to be here. Okay, good. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, So we're going to try to pack as much uh, as we can here in the remainder of this hour. And Stephanie, you had a question for Lou.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I did want to jump in with a question. I was curious. um, I alluded to this before and said that I was one of the people whose viewpoint you were instrumental in uh, changing towards Liberty. I was wondering how you first got introduced to the ideas of Liberty, Lou.
1: Well, I think I have to trace it to my dad, who was a Taft Republican. Uh But I also think I agree with Ron Paul that uh, uh, at least some of us are born free. We're just born that way. And my my first sort of libertarian memory is of, uh, in the seventh grade, arguing with a teacher of mine. This is before the 64 Civil Rights Act. uh, But he was arguing for such a law Mm -hmm. whereby um, the owner of a store or a hotel would be forced to uh, admit people he didn't want to admit and I remember arguing with him and, and saying, uh, you know, how, how is that right? I didn't have, I didn't, it was a, a pretty primitive form of argumentation, but I just couldn't understand how you, the government would have the right to force a property owner to admit customers he didn't want. Wasn't that, seemed to me, just wrong. So I think the fact that it seemed wrong to me, uh, I later learned more about why it was wrong, mm. which yeah. is that it was instinctually wrong to me. I think, it, I, I, think I was sort of a natural libertarian.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people have those natural inclinations uh, toward being sympathetic to the ideas, mm-hmm. and it, it helps when you can sort of find that out, I guess, and draw it out of them. You think? Then, of course, the state That's does what the you best do. to, uh, yeah, to, exactly. to beat it
0: out of them permanently. So they, through the government schools. Uh, yeah, through their yeah. government indoctrination camps. Uh, got another call here for you, Lou. Uh, Steven is on the line in Florida. You're on uh, Free Talk Live with Lou Rockwell.
9: Uh, Mr. Rockwell, first of all, I have it on good authority that uh, Mandrick wants to give you a free baklava.
0: Hey, uh, magnificent. <laughs> I'm jealous. I've actually got some in the freezer here. You he can sample it in <laughs> advance. It's very good.
9: Right. Uh, and then secondly, um, you know, uh, when I was a kid, I, I bought a certain brand of car, uh, a certain model of car that I had never noticed on the road before. And then after I owned it, I started seeing them everywhere. Sure. Uh, likewise... When I became a libertarian and then later on pretty close to an anarchist, um, I started noticing more and more people, you know, speaking that sort of language, uh, talking about libertarianism and so forth. So from my perspective as kind of a newcomer, it seems like it's on the rise, but I don't have the decades-long perspective that you have. And I wonder if you could just speak to that. Is the idea of freedom on the rise?
0: Stephen, thanks for the
1: call. Oh, no question. It's vastly ahead of where it was uh, 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, Of course, we also have things headed in the opposite direction in Washington and other uh, centers of government power. But I think especially among young people, there's just a tremendous, uh, tremendously increased uh, interest in the ideas of liberty and Austrian economics and all all related ideas. And I think that uh, despite the efforts of the government schools we were talking about before to dumb everybody down and uh, make sure that you never have a critical thought in your head and just obey the government, uh, give them your money, go fight their uh, evil wars, and so forth. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot more radicalism. There's a lot more interest in uh, what the government is doing right after nine eleven. Just to take a more uh, that one example, it seemed like we were going to go down. I mean, it seemed like the whole place was going to become totalitarian. That every American agreed with the war on so-called war on terror and the domestic police state and, and the whole business. But it wasn't true. And so there were more and more and more dissidents. And uh, I think it's I think there's thrilling things going on sort of below the radar screen, and yeah, we're seeing more cars on the road that we recognize.
0: <laughs> Let's go to Chaz listening in Indiana. Chaz, you're on with Lou Rockwell on Free Talk Live.
9: Oh, hi guys. How you doing? Uh, haven't called into the show in over a year now. Uh, it's great to uh, be talking with you today, uh, Ian, and especially with you, Lou. Uh, one thing I want to ask you about: We've all got our ways of trying to convert, you know, your conservatives and your liberals. To, uh, to to the ideas, the better ideas, much better ideas of liberty. I'd like to know what your ideas would be for converting uh, liberals to uh, the ideas of liberty, uh, Lou. If you could uh, comment on that, please, sir. Thank
0: you, Chance, for the call.
1: Well, I think first of all we have to make sure you know we are well read. I mean, to the extent that you're well read, people will seek you out. I don't. I wish that it were possible to sort of grab some guy by the lapels and shake him and explain the truth to him. It, that does not normally work. Uh, so I think at first you make yourself sort of a beacon by knowing all this sort of thing, understanding what's happening in the economy, why are we in this business cycle, just to take that one example, why are we in this very long recession, maybe it's a depression. Uh, so the extent that you know things like that, or you understand why the wars that the U.S. is fighting and the police state that's being erected here are so wrong and so counterproductive, so anti-civilizational, just make us poorer, all the various arguments, then people will approach you. So I think that's, I think to the extent that you know about things, you'll be a beacon, people will approach you, and then you can influence them
0: and uh, by the way i highly recommend uh, healing our world as a as a great tool mm-hmm. if if you've got somebody that you, you you've managed to hook at least to get them interested to uh, to consume some information you know getting them the right information is also important so uh, is great a book yeah. like that where it comes from a compassionate perspective uh, really is going to be a i think it'll do wonders for somebody who might consider themselves a liberal
2: yeah uh, i think it's important to find out what's important like know your audience is is right. key find out what's important to the person that you're trying to reach and then appeal to that
0: absolutely so the free state project here you are lou uh, you're in new hampshire and i'm in uh, the epicenter well, I appreciate that. That's really yeah. uh, quite the compliment. I don't know. There there's certainly more people that have moved to, uh, to Manchester. It's the bigger, uh, the bigger city. But I, it is nice to be considered the epicenter. Certainly a lot of the, the newsworthy stuff comes out of uh, here in Keene. But You're people right. have moved all across New Hampshire. And I'm sure you were aware of the Free State Project early on. Uh, what did you think initially of the idea? And, and how aware are you now of how well it's come along since then?
1: You know, it, in the beginning, I must say I was skeptical. I was for it. But I was skeptical. But as the years have gone by and all the good things that you guys have done, I'm very impressed and I've become more and more interested. And uh, uh, I've always been sympathetic, but I'm, I'm let's say I've become an enthusiastic supporter.
0: That's so great. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so can we get an endorsement for the uh, Yeah, the no, Project? I
1: definitely endorse the Free State Project. Fantastic. And uh, especially like what you guys are doing. Keen. I'm more familiar with Keene than I am with Manchester, but I'm, there must be great stuff going on all across the state.
0: How do you get uh, the word about what's happening up here? Spe- specifically, Keen.
1: People write me, or or I, I, you know, get Google alerts, and I follow so many different news sites. So people either write me or I see things. But I'm interested in Keene because of you know my family background, and uh, also you do amazing things here that, that get in the libertarian-oriented news. So uh, that's how I hear about it.
0: Now, a lot of the controversy that has bubbled up here in in uh, New Hampshire amongst the liberty activists has been generated from the activism that's gone on here Mm -hmm. in Keene. it's uh, so much of it has been very controversial simply because civil disobedience upsets some people and then of course the types of civil disobedience that have been done upsets other people and and there's a certain undercurrent uh, amongst uh, obviously in my opinion it's the people that are connected to the state uh, the people that are working for or have uh, you know family in for the uh, working for the government that are very upset if you look at the newspaper comment section angry comment after angry comment after angry just vitriolic hatred uh towards the activists here what do you think about that well i'm not surprised at the hatred in fact i must say even though i i
1: knew the history of how the nazis came to power it wasn't until after 9 11 that i sort of emotionally understood that when i saw the reaction of so many americans and you're still you know seeing that sort of thing here Mm. but uh you know uh, aquinas as aquinas said an unjust law is no law at all so you know there's nothing wrong with civil disobedience and everything right Again, you have to, it's a decision one has to make for oneself because it is a very serious decision. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's great. I mean, some people write books. Some people commit acts of civil disobedience. Some people have radio shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole, you know, some people, do some all people the above. become great free market <laughs> doctors, right? I mean, there's a whole, you know, any, any number of things that are, are going on. And it's all to the good, and it all combines to the great cause of liberty.
0: We've had so much uh, amazing things happen because we've actually gotten people concentrated here. Uh, And and as I was telling you during one of the breaks, there's only a few dozen people in this area, and you've already – I mean, it's on your radar – and, oh, and absolutely. You, and, you, and there's only a, literally a few dozen people here that are in any way active, and most of them are single guys that really aren't as active as they might be if they were, say, uh, your age and had you know, more disposable income at their mm-hmm. uh, at their hands. So I think we're going to see incredible growth in the next 10, 20 years that's just going to be just mind-boggling as far as the, the, the activism that will become possible, because, well, before I moved here, there was only a handful of folks uh, down in Sarasota, Florida, and they barely did anything and up here it's literally the best activist i've ever come across so thanks oh. for for coming up and uh, spending some time with us oh
1: sure great to be here thank you
0: maybe we'll have you back on one of these days thank you thank you thank you loo rockwell.com the man behind it uh, get over there bookmark it and uh, visit it because it's updated daily more coming up free talk live in moments
3: how long can you hold your breath <sighs> not long
0: Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll free, 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, 1 800 259 9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. And we give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those. And the, the uh, main feature of the site is actually uh, something that allows you to influence the things that we might talk about here on the air. You can go to freetalklive.com, uh, sign up for a free account, and then at that point, you'll have the ability to submit show prep to uh, the site. Actually, uh, whatever you find online that you think is pretty interesting, maybe it's a YouTube video or a blog post or a news article, you submit it, then other listeners get to vote on whether they like or dislike, and then the most liked will make it to the front page of the website, uh, meaning we're more likely to see it and talk about it on the air. But even if we don't see it and talk about it, other people will, because they're coming to the site and looking at things and exploring, and so you can do that, too. So head over to freetalklive.com and get interactive. Uh, if you if you missed it, uh, Lou Rockwell just left the studio moments ago. Uh, it was a great opportunity to talk to one of the most influential people in the liberty movement. Yeah, I mean, he's
2: a rock star. Pardon.
0: Yeah, really. I mean, totally. just I was blown away by uh, by uh, number one having him uh, his sister approach me and said, "We're going to be in town. Do you want to do you want to talk to Lou?" Well, of course. Uh, that was that was number one that I was blown away. And then number two, I was blown away by him calling Keene the epicenter of the the Liberty Movement. Was that what in he the said? north? I don't know. See, he he had to said get th- the plug in from yeah. Macy's Institute too, right. but. <laughs> So Brad Jardis is, uh, is just happened to drop by. You're in town here tonight. Good uh, evening. Brad, formerly of uh, law enforcement, now joined the side of, uh, of good. And uh, so well, you know, I just invited you to sit in here. You're welcome. Yeah, welcome thanks. Join us. So uh, so we'll take your calls about anything. 800-259-9231. Coming up, uh, you wanted to talk a little more about communicating the ideas of liberty, Stephanie, and I want to yeah. make sure we get to that. Okay. But first, to the phones and the fun, Adam is in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Adam.
7: Hi. Right. Well, Brad showed up just in time. He's going to love this, I hope. You know, I was thinking of maybe a year ago how shock and awe is synonymous with terrorism, isn't it?
0: Uh, what now? I'm sorry.
7: Shock and awe. Don't you think that's synonymous with terrorism?
0: Uh, You mean when the, the military went over and bombed uh, some innocent people and, around yes. the world?
7: They call it shock and awe, and they have a specific way of doing it for that. Okay. Um, it sounds, it, pretty, it it sounds about... pretty
0: terrorizing. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be bombed myself. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
7: That's the only strategic purpose it serves, to, to strike terror into people. Um, I wanted to talk about, I don't know how Brad's going to feel about this, but uh, I was thinking, you know, George Bush defines terrorists as people who hate your freedoms, And Webster's Dictionary defines terrorists as people who use fear and intimidation to achieve a further political goals. Doesn't that sound in both cases like the police force? I'm just going to let you guys mull that over. Have a good evening.
0: Oh, thank you, yeah.
8: Brad? Well, Adam, for 11 years, I used fear and intimidation and violence in order to put peaceful people in handcuffs, uh, people who had never hurt anyone else. And like you said, I mean, if you type uh, define terrorism into Google, the definition that comes up is precisely how police forces operate.
0: It's actually precisely how the government operates in general. And, of course, the police are the uh, the, the real intimidation enforcement arm of the state. I the mean, tip
8: of the sword. Yeah,
0: so in general, I would say governments are terroristic in the way they behave because you don't have to actually have the police come out and and use violence on people to intimidate people. They know the police are there, and so it's usually just the threat of what might happen
8: that, uh, that keeps people in line and, and keeps them obedient.
2: Absolutely. They definitely use fear as a control tactic, for sure.
8: People comply with the police for the same reasons that they comply with someone who walks up to them on the street and says, I have a gun, give me your money, because... You know, whether or not the gun is brandished and you're shot, if you don't do what the person says, it's going to happen. Yep. And everybody knows it. You know, whether they want to admit it or not, the reason why the people that don't
0: like taxes but pay them anyway is frequently not because of some sense of duty. There are people that feel that way about taxes, but because they're afraid. <laughs> because they're afraid. And yeah. They know what, the, what will happen. They know that there's a chance that they, they could end up in
8: a cage or they could end up dead. If they don't go along. With it. I love it when people use the cliche freedom isn't free when in reality freedom is free. What isn't free is tyranny because you mm. have to pay for the police to enforce tyranny on you. So freedom in in fact is free.
0: Yeah. There's so many ludicrous uh, cliches out there and it's you know, that could might be a good segue into what you wanted to talk about Stephanie the idea of communicating yeah. uh, liberty to people effectively.
2: Yeah. Actually Brad I really liked how you debunked that uh, little cliche phrase. Um, basically. What I wanted to talk about is uh, kind of a brainstorming session, you know, get you guys' favorite tactics and ideas for communicating liberty to people, because this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um, and, you know, sort of what are your favorite ways to approach people, feel them out, uh, introduce them to the ideas of liberty if they've never heard of them before? What do you guys think?
0: It's a good question, and it's hard for somebody like me to answer because. But you're,
2: you're, I was really interested in getting your views because you know you have a radio show. Well, that's right, really I mean,
0: but that's not popular. something that everybody uh, can go and do. I mean, anybody can have a radio show, and it's not, that's not what I mean to say. I mean, you don't have to be particularly talented uh, to do radio. That's why I'm doing this.
8: Um, but
2: uh, downplaying yourself, Ian. <laughs> yeah, I, I telling don't you, mean, I, you-
8: I don't mean to blow smoke, but Ian Freeman is the reason why. I am no longer a police officer. I mean, I have never met anyone who's more effective at conveying the message of peace and liberty than you are, Ian. Well, I, I just I'm practiced at it, you know, and
0: and you know, if if you've got a radio show that is worth listening to, and you have those ideas that you're expressing on a regular basis, uh, I would credit the ideas. I mean, because if you can exp- if you can express the ideas well, uh, if you can communicate them effectively, then it's the ideas that get into people's head. And as you were talking about earlier, uh, Stephanie, you have to know your audience. I yes. think that's the, the most critical thing. But on Free Talk Live, I don't know the audience. Uh, sure. The audience can be anybody. We've got this show on progressive talk stations. There are probably about five or six progressive talk affiliates that we have. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are the more standard conserva- uh, conservative talk stations. And so I know that the audience might identify as conservative the callers might identify as conservative but i know that uh the talk radio uh, talkers magazine does a survey once a year that just uh, that kind of digs into the demographics of who listens to talk radio and they actually find that over 60 percent of the talk radio listening audience Neither describes as uh, Democrat or Republican. So, mm. and most- you've
2: said before that you think those are the best prospects, right? The oh, absolutely, yeah,
0: absolutely. And that's that one of the sense. things I learned when I was doing Libertarian Party outreach. Mm-hmm. When I was literally, you know, at uh, events like uh, the the county fair, where you're going to run across everybody. And I was, so I was talking with a wide cross section of uh, of the population, and certainly the people that aren't as uh, embroiled in a particular belief system are going to be more likely to to listen. Uh, and so you, if you've got a limited amount of time and everybody does, then you want to spend it on the right prospects. And yeah. sometimes, sometimes your friends or family members aren't the right prospects. Um, sometimes that's, I think one of the hardest things about, you know, communicating freedom to, uh, to people is that as Mark would say, the expert is the stranger from out of town. Uh, if you mm-hmm. are somebody that, uh, you know, if there's somebody that knows you real well, then they may be far more skeptical of what it is that you're trying to, uh, you know, to the ideas that you're trying to impart to them. And yeah. they may need to hear it from somebody who's not you. And or, you
2: sort of have more pressure riding on you because you're, you know, you're going to be in their life regardless of whether they, uh, these ideas appeal to them. And so <laughs> you could potentially harm your relationship by saying something that puts them off or whatever. So yes, as like- uh, as
0: many people have discovered, um, because the, the the people that are in your family uh they they love you, yeah. but it's, they think you're wrong. For, <laughs> you know? for
8: for like the last two years of my police career, it was very difficult for me to go to work every every day. And, you know, frequently I would talk to other officers and I would say, wait a second, what are we doing? Like, do you realize what we're doing? And other officers would be like, I, I don't want to hear it, Brad. I don't want to hear it. Just go mm-hmm. away. And and bureaucrats obviously are, are more difficult to convey these, these ideas to because their paychecks riding on it. It's it's very difficult to have a family member or a friend who doesn't understand because once you understand what liberty is, it inevitably becomes a large part of your life. Sure. Yeah. You and you can't escape it. And you want to share it
0: because the ideas are so right. I mean, they, they're logical and they're moral.
2: And, and it's hard to have relationships with people who don't get it. You know, it's I mean, frustrating. It's sort of like a topic that comes up a lot on my show. Pork. I mean, it's... It's difficult to form really close bonds with people who want to use violence on you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, they wouldn't do it, but they'd have somebody uh, with a uniform and badge. Uh, We'll come back. We can continue the discussion here, and we'd love to have you add in your thoughts at... I mean, so what the, what's the question, Stephanie? Basically, is it? Uh, I just want to
2: get suggestions and techniques and tips and brainstorm.
0: Suggestions, mm-hmm. techniques for communicating the ideas of liberty yep. to people that you know. What or works don't for know. you? Yep. 9231 uh, the SACL Cai toll free line. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live.
5: Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com.
0: Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners there with the dozens of ladies uh, from around the world that have taken the time to send in their photo or video validated to show they are indeed listeners of this program. See what I mean by going to shrine.freetalklive.com. Again, Shrine freetalklive.com now have you ever considered taking your case to court without using an attorney? jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without a lawyer who must know what it takes to win and for people with lawyers that want to minimize legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what should be done It works for plaintiffs and defendants uh, and it costs less than an hour or costs less than an hour would with any good lawyer and is so easy an average eighth grader can go through the four CD course in a single weekend. Get it at Jurisdictionary.com. That's Jurisdictionary.com. Joining you tonight on the show, it is Ian. And Brad. And Stephanie. And uh, again, your number here, 800-259-9231. Stephanie had thrown out the question earlier, and you're certainly welcome to uh, to add into the discussion or bring up anything. But we're talking about uh, communicating the ideas of freedom. And you were specifically looking for techniques and ideas and maybe experiences yeah. uh, that people have had in
2: Positive and negative
0: in the quest to spread the, uh, the ideas of freedom. Because as we were discussing, once you become infected by these ideas, uh, it becomes really important to you that other people uh, get it too, especially people that you care about. And that's where things get really difficult because when you're talking in many cases to people that you care about, uh, for whatever reason, they're the, in some cases the most difficult to, to bring on board. Because they're familiar with you and they know that you've been wrong in the past. Uh, because or everybody's... they view
2: you as, as a kid, you know, in the case of your sure. parents or older relatives or something, they, they tend to discount Agesed. you. Yes, they <laughs> just.
0: So yeah, there's that, there's that factor as well. And just, I don't know. I, I don't know if there are ways to get beyond some of that, beyond uh, somehow bringing them to another source, uh, bringing them to maybe a Free Talk Live or a Pork Therapy mm-hmm. or uh, you know or an article by Brad over at com, something that... Uh, some sort of an external uh, expert that you can bring in and introduce this person to. But that would require them to be open-minded enough to accept that in the first place. Sure. So What
2: about just, like, consistency? You know, because, Ian, I noticed um, something about your style is that you're extremely consistent. No matter who you're talking to, you'll say almost the same thing about liberty. And uh, I wonder wonder how that works with uh, people like family members and friends and stuff like that.
0: Well, we'll leave that to you guys uh, to discuss because I can say, I, you know, I haven't had much luck with
2: my, my mom. But <laughs> I think I, uh, I tend to adjust my own uh, uh, delivery of the message, if you will, um, to who's listening. Uh, and maybe I do that too much. Maybe I'm not consistent enough. I don't
0: know. I think that's important. I think that uh, if you know who your audience is, then it's important to deliver it yeah, to, in a certain it's kind way. of a balance. If you're talking to uh, somebody about the war on drugs, for instance, and you're talking to a conservative, then it makes more sense to talk about it from a fiscal perspective. Of well, you know, if you end the war on drugs, you'll save all this money because a conservative is gonna gonna like that. Or you could talk about reducing crime uh, to a conservative. Whereas if you're talking about a liberal, you might want to approach it from. Uh, the it's your body you should be able to do what you want with it sort of perspective i mean brad would you agree with that
8: conservatives are very funny because they you know conservatives are all about small government so they claim except when it comes to what happens in your bedroom and except when it comes to the drug war and you know so there's just so many examples of hypocrisy within the conservative uh message and i i've found that speaking to very very republican people If you, you know, point that out to them and show them, hey, look, you know, conservative people are supposed to be about a small government that protects people, not hurts people. And, you know, whenever the police are enforcing a victimless law, they are the ones doing the hurting. I have found that that has worked. So you're welcome to add your thoughts
0: into uh, this discussion. You know, I can't really speak from having a lot of great success with people that, uh, at least in my family, Uh, my mother does During the Bush administration, she didn't want to hear a word of uh, of what I had had to say. We've had since uh, Obama has been in office, she's been more receptive. But I haven't really been trying because I don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. Like at at a certain point, I just gave up. Uh, And I she if you want to call she called me crazy at one point. Uh. And uh, if if she wants to call me crazy and she wants to uh, you know reject having any sort of conversation because I would uh, I cared about her. She's my mom, and so I would want to talk about things and what she believes and and uh, talk about those issues with her, but she always thought I was trying to trap her, right? That yeah. I was a bit, well, the reason why she thought I was trying to trap her was because she must have understood at some level that logically her positions were, were not consistent. Yeah. And she knew that she would end up having that feeling of, uh, you know, cognitive dissonance was probably yes. already beginning to have exactly. it, seeing what was coming. Uh, and, and that's knowing- why she
2: called you crazy because she felt angry that she was experiencing cognitive dissonance probably. Sure. And, and that often manifests itself as anger. And, and, and it sure experience.
0: did, and it just for me it was just like okay, well that's it then. I've yeah, I've got other people that I can spend my time on. I'd rather go and spend it on complete strangers who are at least going to be somewhat open to these ideas than somebody who is is you know locking down their mind.
8: Well, people yeah. f- frequently feel like they're being trapped when they're presented with these ideas because one of the most effective ways that we have to communicate these ideas are by using train of logic. Like, I can sit down with anyone right now and explain to them why if you buy a house in a historic district that has a rule that says your house has to be gray, I can explain to that person and walk them through it to the point where they understand that if they don't paint their house gray, they're going to be shot. And to to someone, you know, right off the street who doesn't understand this if you you know if you try to make that claim they're going to think you're first you're crazy but also they're going to feel trapped because you're saying well okay what happens next what happens next and you know like your like you with your mother ian i mean eventually it gets to the point with some people where they just don't want to hear it that much and it in it if you keep pushing it it could damage your relationship mm-hmm. and obviously you care about your mom and obviously, you care about this, and you have to find a middle ground. And unfortunately, sometimes that middle ground is just not, not talking about things. And what's the most important thing to you in your life? I mean, your professional life, your private life, what's the most important thing? Uh, freedom. Freedom. Yeah. And, and that's what, that's what your <laughs> yeah. life's all about, man. And you can't talk to the person you know, who gave birth to you about it because... Yeah. It's frustrating, and, yeah. it, and it
0: becomes yeah. very frustrating. And so that's why, you just have to, that's why I had to just disconnect from it and basically resolve to talk about the weather and, uh, you know, things that are happening at work, which is fine. You know, I don't, I don't have a problem doing that. It's just when you, get, when you care about somebody and they're not listening, that's a tough thing to deal with. And I know that mm. you've had to deal with that, too, Brad. I mean, yeah. you know, who
2: hasn't had to deal with that? Yeah. I always find that uh, younger people seem to be, in general, more receptive to the ideas of liberty. Absolutely. Although, um, you know, I have a family member who uh, had firsthand experience with the Holocaust and that. Kind of thing can tend to Ooh, yeah. uh, get people to understand how you know the government can be very evil sometimes people
8: yeah. people who have been screwed by the state are excellent people yeah. to reach out to to explain to them look this is this is why this happened or or people in minority groups like like I think an excellent outreach um, tool would be to reach out to people in uh, you know people who are Muslim people who are homosexual, people who are in groups that 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 generally are screwed over by the state because of Absolutely. their status. And we can in those types of people you can show hey look, the state is the the problem here. The state is the reason why all these things are able to be, you know, you're able to be treated differently. So, I don't know. Have I answered your question, uh,
2: yeah, Stephanie? Yeah, I think we've had a lot of good uh, suggestions and discussion.
0: I would love sure. to hear from our listeners on this, but everybody that's on hold wants to talk about something else. So, we're oh. going to get to...
2: <laughs> well, the market to, has
0: spoken. Yes, we are going to get to all of that here uh, in moments. If you're on hold, do be patient. We'll get to you at 800-259-9231. And, of course, your thoughts are certainly welcome on communication techniques. you got to have good tools, too, because it's not just you. Uh, you can be a very effective communicator. It also helps to, to have those other things around you that you can point to and recommend. So if you know somebody that likes to read, have a few books that you recommend to them, like Dr. Mary Ruart's Healing Our World, one nice. of my favorites. Uh, if you like, if somebody doesn't like to read, then have some sort Videos. of video presentation. Liberty on has
2: some great ones. Right. Yeah.
0: YouTube, of course, plenty of stuff there. And uh, Free Talk Live for audio, uh, people that like to listen to things. More coming up. Uh, you take control. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in via the toll free number 800 259 9231. And we brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1 800 259 9231. And visit our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy all of our features, including the webcam, watch, listen, and chat. Uh, We've got our chat room built into the very same page there, and it's all free over at cam.freetalklive.com. So head on over, get interactive, and enjoy. Uh, Cam.freetalklive.com, brought to you by MemoryDealers.com. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zenpacks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. In stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery, that's Memory Dealers dot com as we continue here, uh, Brad Jardison's Studio. Stephanie is with us also from <laughs> from Pork Therapy p o r c Therapy dot com, and of course Brad is one of our bloggers at Freekeen dot com. So uh, thanks for being here, guys. We're going to continue with your phone calls about what you want. It's Michael in South Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Michael. Hey, how's it going? What's on your mind today? Just,
10: well, just quickly before I get to the subject, I want to mention that I saw. Um, in the Augusta Chronicle, which is Georgia's uh, second-largest newspaper, a story about the drinking game in the courtroom last week. So
0: wow, that's great! Y'all, <laughs> wow. y'all getting
10: a lot, a lot of publicity.
0: I hear there's going to be another drinking game this week. I don't know uh, how it's going to go. I don't know how many people are going to show up, but uh, I, there are. There's a chance it could be bigger this week than it was last week or two weeks ago. It's uh, city council meetings here every two weeks, and last. Two weeks ago, uh, the activists outnumbered the other people in the audience. And it was just our first week doing it. So we had, eight, we had eight people in the audience. Four of the eight were actually participating in the drinking game. The other four were just there to observe. And then uh, there were only seven other people in the audience. And of those seven other people, a good amount of them were government bureaucrats or the family members of government bureaucrats. So, uh, so all hey, we had it's to boring. do—
8: boring. <laughs> right. No one but, wants to see that crap. Yeah. But what
0: I think is most interesting about it is there's all this talk— Uh, This this hatred, and it was mentioned earlier uh, in the show tonight when Lou Rockwell was on, but there's this hatred that is being fomented uh, anonymously on uh, the blog over at Free Keen. People post comments there, but mostly on the local newspaper's comment section because if they post at Free Keen, we can see their IP address and stuff like that. They don't like that, so they don't tend to post as much there. But over at the, the, the newspaper website, that's where the real vitriol comes out. And, of course, there's no way to know who those people are. They could be halfway across the world. We don't know uh, who they are that, are that are commenting there. But a lot of the attitude is, well, you know, you guys are uh, – civil disobedience bad. You need to get involved in the system. Go but, home. But you, you go home or, or get involved or stop being so childish – but I don't see any of them getting involved in the system. Where the hell were they? They weren't at the city council meeting, unless it was the seven people that were sitting in the, the city council meeting. that are the ones doing all the commenting. I mean, nobody's, in, nobody's involved in the system.
2: And think about who reads newspapers, too. I mean, newspapers are dinosaurs. Yeah. So dinosaurs read dinosaurs, you know. Exactly right. I mean, right. It's, it's old people. It's people who are interested in local government, which is probably, you know, some of the most boring material you could find. I mean, you got to know your audience again.
0: Yeah, well, it's like I, uh, I posted to my Facebook the other day that every one more person that we get coming here to New Hampshire, or I said Keene specifically, but every each each activist that comes here is another reason for those people to leave. Because they're frustrated. You can hear it in, uh, in what they're saying. They are frustrated. Some of them are even saying things like, I'm taking my family and I'm out of here. Good. Okay, yeah. see you later. That's great news. <laughs> another job or two? Uh, for people to to uh, to take here as they move in another house, another empty house to uh, to rent out, and so great. The more people we get to move, the more frustrating it's going to be for them because another one of the things that they'll they'll say frequently is, "Oh, this is nothing," and you know these guys are just a flash in the pan. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, as That's Lou Rockwell said seen.
2: just a few hours, you know, a few minutes ago, like, he's really seen the movement grow as he's uh, been watching us. And, and haven't we? I mean, we've oh, been yeah. here now.
0: I mean, my, all three of us, Brad, you've lived here your whole life. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie, you and I have been here for at least four years about right. each. And uh, it's a lot different now than it was four years ago, isn't it? Absolutely. Much different. But it's not it's just a flash in the pan. They're going to be gone in a year. We're going to throw them all in a jail cell and that'll solve the problem.
2: Yeah, well, you know, actually, in there there was something that I wanted to bring up during the interview with Lou and you were saying that, oh, there's all this hatred and vitriol on these, you know, newspapers and someone freaking. It's not all vitriol. You got to look at it from sort of a positive angle, too. There are people who are uh, locals who support what you're doing and who are interested. Oh, yeah. And there are a lot of people just... Almost like Lou himself, who say that they're waiting in the wings and they're basically just watching the Free State Project and seeing what people do, and they're getting excited and turned on by certain things that we don't really know what they are yet. Absolutely, uh, there
8: there are a lot of people who don't want to get. They see what happens to other people when they step out of the of the lockstep. This is what's going on. They see that people, um, you know, when they like what happened with me. I mean, I know there's other police officers who care about liberty. But they saw what happened with me, and you know, and they're scared out of their boots that it's going to happen to them. Yeah. And you know, the more that the more that people stand up, the more other people will stand up. Yes, and it's it's like it's like dominoes. It's like a tidal wave, a, a, a little piece of snow rolling down a mountain. It's getting yeah. bigger. You're going to have that growth
0: curve uh, at one point, and uh, and where we are on the growth curve right now is hard to say. Uh, but at some point, it's going to. Hopefully, we're going to see a spike up in in popularity. And as you said, Stephanie, there are people out there watching. Uh, we a were lot meeting, of them. right? We were yeah. meeting with uh, Lance, who is one of the uh, the attorneys. That just got his bar license here in New Hampshire just a few weeks ago. He's mm-hmm. going to be helping out Sam and I in our case when we were arrested uh, oh, in, the, in the courtroom. And uh, he's a really principled guy, and he's experienced, and he knows what he's doing as far as the in the system kind of lawyerly stuff. And he mentioned just mentioned the other day that the reason why he's here is because he came across the video of me being uh, put in handcuffs when I was in court. Three years ago, back wow. in 2007. And so there are these things that have been happening all along that people are seeing. It's, it's bringing them into the, uh, the the movement from from the outside. It's catching their attention, and they're starting to make those plans to move because Lance, he's got a family. He had to move up here with his three kids and sure. his wife, and they've got this business, uh, the the law, law business. And so people like Lance, it takes longer to get here than, than some other people. So, I was lucky that you guys moved there?
8: to what's me. What's out there? What's coming?
2: Who's coming? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what's going to inspire them? Yeah. I mean, I have one friend who I know who says that uh, what inspired him to move to New Hampshire was pictures of people building Mark's house. And he just wow. he saw the community and he, he, he said, I want to be a part of that. And so he came. And so you never really know what's going to appeal to specific people. But there's something out there for everyone that, that gets them interested. And I think we just have to keep publicizing what we're doing.
0: So, Michael, you've been just kind of absorbing all that. Uh, your thoughts? Oh, I forgot. Sorry, <laughs> <No>. Michael. <laughs>
10: I I'll just mentioned that I really wanted to talk about something else, but it was uh, nice to see that in the local paper.
0: So what else, sir? Go ahead. Uh, well,
10: I wanted to bring up, um, I guess, you, what you could call anarcho-nationalism or kind of anarchist nationalism.
2: Never and, heard of um, it. Seems like a well, it Sounds like an oxymoron, yeah.
10: Well, but it's not. And I just want to mention that there's a lot of people against the state, and we're not all a monolithic group. And some are like y'all aren't. And... Some seem—I uh, guess you would classify yourself as—I guess as less traditionalist, you know—and then there's others who are more traditionalist. And Good. there's what been, do you mean by traditionalist?
2: Mind if I interrupt?
10: Uh, some people are more friendly to traditional institutions, other than the state, but things like the family,
2: okay. uh, the
10: church, and basically and, uh, social
2: conservatism kind of things.
10: Right, but who are still at the same time against the state.
0: And so you can know, you define what you mean by anarcho nationalist?
10: Well, it would be people who embrace their distinct culture but who are against the modern state. In other words, you're in you could you're part of a nation of people and you would embrace that. You would be more traditional minded. See, when I the hear the time, you,
2: I'm sorry, when, when I hear the word the nation or nationalistic or nationalism, I think mm-hmm. of uh, Almost like patriotism, or you know, sort of dedication to the idea of of a state itself, and so that's why I said before that it sounds thing. like a contradiction in terms. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm wondering. What's they're a def- not the definition thing. of a uh, nation, Ian?
0: Uh, I'm pretty sure yeah. a nation is a uh, body politic. That is uh, the well, idea. Well, not really. What's your definition, then?
10: Well, a nation is a distinct culture of people, of people with a similar culture and a uh, background. Well, so you're and saying
0: that people who believe in a fa- in family... I mean, who doesn't like family? I guess what I'm <laughs> yeah. confused about... I, I'm a little confused, and I'm going to hang on to you here. We can okay. get into this a little bit further. All right. Uh, so m- more with Michael in a moment. Anarcho-nationalism, a new term for me. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. This
5: program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there for free. Uh, and if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage, uh, we'll get a, a portion of the profits from Amazon. So it's the same great Amazon prices, same service. Uh, Amazon's awesome. You know them. They, the world's largest internet retailer. Dozens of categories. Brand new items. Even used items. And if you're buying brand new, in a lot of cases you're going to get free super saver shipping. So head on over. Get your shopping done at amazon.freetalklive.com. As we continue with uh, Michael in South Carolina... And, Michael, you've, uh, you've come up with a term that is, is a new one to me, and I, I don't think anyone in the studio has nope. heard this one before, uh, anarcho-nationalism. And you're describing the term—are you still there, Michael? Yes, I am. Okay, and you're describing the term nationalism as people who have a distinct—or or a, a nation as a group of people who have a distinct culture. Right. Okay, and indeed, here on the definition of nation, definition number four is an aggregation of pers- persons of the same ethnic family, often speaking the same language or cognate languages. That's probably the closest definition that, uh, that I can find here, because the number one right. definition is a large body of people that is associated with a particular territory that is sufficiently conscious of its unity to seek or to possess a government peculiar- uh, peculiarly yeah. of its own, or number two, the territory or, or country itself. So it
2: definitely has that political connotation, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, well, when That's I think about family i don 't think about nation, but you do apparently
10: I, I do and, and this newer definition that you're talking about, which is uh, connected to state work uh, before nineteen hundred uh, in particular, nation was basically always understood as uh, as a distinct people, whereas you know as the modern state grew, it kind of over that so, meeting but so what traditionally it means people.
0: What are the what are the uh, the beliefs that describe your nation or your group of uh, of people?
10: Mine in particular? Yeah. Well I'm here in the South and uh, my family has been here in South Carolina for about four hundred years. And here locally all the more or less all the people around here have been here about the same amount of time. And uh we're pretty unique from other people who move in are from people elsewhere in the United States and all. Uh, we're a distinct culture, and, and we don't have to all be united under one single government to be a nation. I mean, we are a nation just because of who we are, and uh, we're very traditional-minded. At, at the same time, we don't really like the government messing with us. Uh, we would just assume, or at least I would and people I know, we just assume the government go away and leave us alone.
0: Okay. Well, I don't know. So basically, it was your point to call up and, uh, and put, the, put forth that concept, or the, the concept of anarcho-nationalism? Well,
10: it, it is, in a way, because I hear what I hear from uh, from y'all, and, and I really applaud what y'all are doing up there, but it's more of a, a less traditional-minded uh, um, version of uh, fighting the state or being opposed to the state. And well, I just wanted to say that, that there are in, a lot Michael? of people around the world, not just here, but also in Europe. I used to live in Europe for a while— and there are people there who come from a tradition who are also against the state, but they're very traditional-minded people.
2: Michael, let me uh, let me just address that. Um, I think probably you know the stuff with 420 celebrations and city council drinking game and and that kind of thing uh, may make headlines and get a lot of uh, attention, I guess, in the in the popular press, but. There are a lot of people up here who moved here for the Free State Project who do have, I I guess they would probably consider themselves more on the social conservative side. Like, you know, they value family or maybe religious and, you know, probably don't use drugs or uh, kind of those memes that go together, I guess, that you associated with uh, conservatism. So, I mean, there are those kind of people here, too. And I feel like they're part of our community just as much as anyone else because they get the ideas of freedom.
10: I just don't hear much from those people. Mostly what I hear. Well, that's because they're more. quiet. I mean,
2: they're yeah. doing they're doing fair. their thing. I think that's a fair. And
0: they're they're whatever it is that they're doing. I'm sure they're doing it. It's just they're not making headlines. I mean, when you do politics, you don't really tend to make headlines because it's uh, it's you're plugged in. You're inside the system. You're just another cog. Yeah. And if you're not doing something outstanding, you well, uh, but then not, you're all not all of them hear do, from them.
2: Not all of them do politics either, though. Like I was thinking in particular, well, like homeschooling, for instance. Oh yeah, like homeschooling. And um, there's there's one guy who recently purchased a, a church who is a freestater mm-hmm. and. He's been, you know, been opening that up to the community. And so, you know, that's sort of a family or religious-oriented thing. He actually
0: did get some news coverage from he what did. I saw over at FreeGrafton.com. That's They, right. uh, they actually posted a Concord uh, Monitor article about that. Right. Uh, but again, it's not the kind of thing that's really going to bust out anywhere outside of, uh, of Concord as far as it's... Uh, well the then, do you
10: see yourself as part of Ian? Do you see yourself as part of a nation of people? No, I think I I,
0: re- I recoil at the idea of uh, the term nation. It, I think it has way too many uh, connotations of the state uh, yeah. attached to it. What I see myself as part of is a family of people. I think family is a much more positive uh, term that is far more accurate to describe uh, what we have here. And I think that uh, some it's some the same thing. Well, you can I mean, you can word, define it however you want, and I'll define it word however I want. "natal"
10: comes from, "natal," it mean it means basically to be born. It, 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 it's very closely associated with. Yeah, family. and I wouldn't
0: call myself an anarchist either because uh, you know whatever the origins of the term are to me don't matter. What matters is how it's perceived, and to me, I perceive, and the people that I know. Uh, would likely perceive the term nation as, uh, well, you know, very flag-waving and, uh, and you know, yeah. kind of mindless allegiance to a governmental concept. That's what I hear when I hear the term nation. But when it's family, it, I think that makes a pretty clear uh, or community. connection. Or community. Or community. I like that but, word. but
10: in, yeah, I, I consider these people— said a family of people, would you say that you're a part of a family of people?
0: Wait, wasn't—I'm it... sorry, can you repeat the question?
10: Yeah, Ian, I was just asking if someone—maybe well, maybe if we use your words— if we, if I ask you, are you a part of a family of people? Would you identify your family of people? Then,
0: yeah, I would say that this is a very large family of people that are, are for the most part, total strangers. Uh, but they are brought together by a common bond and a love for the ideas of freedom. And in that, uh, that family, just like any other family, because really, all a family is, is a group of strangers that have been thrown together by the chance of uh, of, of blood bonds. And I wouldn't
10: s- say that. I mean, because with family comes uh, various traditions that are passed on from one generation. There to are another. traditions here, yeah.
0: and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've created our own traditions, and those traditions will be passed on. We have... Uh, the we have,
2: for the rest of us. <laughs> we've got uh, d-
0: different things that we do traditionally here and social events and things like that. Um, so I think the, the the definition absolutely fits and I think that in, in, in any family you've got people that you get along with more than others you know you can have the, yep. the bad uncle and you can have somebody that you really you know a real close cousin or whatever and similarly here you've got a group of strangers that has come, come together and some of them uh, you know are become very close and some of them not so much uh, but they all have a, a certain common bond so I thank you for the call tonight I appreciate the discussion 800-259-9231 uh, Brad you're kind of sitting quiet here how do you
8: feel about that? I, I just think that way too much um, effort and thought is put into titles. Like, you know, I'm part of this group. I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I'm a geo-anarchist. You know, I'm a mm-hmm. libert- small L libertarian. We're just people who want to leave other people alone. And we have friends and we consider some of them family. And I think that wasting time on, and I don't mean any disrespect to the previous caller, I just think that spending all this time thinking about titles is kind of just needless. I mean. Yeah, I kind of I...
2: disagree with that, actually. I think titles are important because words have meaning. And, you know, sometimes calling oneself an anarchist, while it may not be perceived uh, by the general public as positive or whatever, it's technically correct. You know, if you don't believe in government or you don't think there should be a, a state, you're an anarchist.
8: But if you, if you, if you're having a debate, Stephanie, with someone and, and, you know, you ask somebody who, say, for instance, isn't an anarchist. Well, hey, are you an anarchist? The, the answer, you know, nine times out of 10 is going to be no. But if you say, hey, do you think that people who aren't hurting anybody should be left alone? I think 10 times out of 10, they're mm-hmm. going to say yes.
2: Yep. And that makes that makes sense. Um, but in a situation where you're trying to describe your political views very, very succinctly. And the other person actually understands what you mean. I think labels can be useful
0: if they understand what you if mean. if they understand what you mean. Sure. And that's why that that was what that whole conversation was about. He threw out a, a yeah. label, and I was what What is that? Uh, because the, the people up here, I've never met anybody here in New Hampshire that hated the idea of family or didn't have their own traditions. Yeah. Uh, so. I I still am a little confused. I think you're right, Stephanie. It's probably just the social conservative uh, mindset is what he was sort of describing there. But, yeah. I mean, people have Christmas, you know, people have uh, <laughs> the holidays, kind of the traditional things. They get married, some of them in different ways than others. I mean, there uh-huh. were some marriages at Porkfest this year, and, yeah. uh, anti-state marriages. Which I would marriages. describe
2: as, as non-traditional, some of them. Well, right. I mean,
0: non-traditional in that uh, maybe there was uh, two girls, I think, that uh, got married. That's what I was thinking. But is it traditional to get married with the state involved? Well, maybe for the last several decades, that's the case, but uh, But if you go way back,
2: you know, George, the the classic example is George and Martha Washington never had a marriage license. So that could
0: be the true traditional kind of marriage is to not ask for the the government's permission. So you can take control here and bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. But even in this movement where there are a wide range of belief systems, everything from the most devoted Christians to the most uh, devoted anarchists, or rather uh, atheists, rather, that uh, they, they're all out. They're all out there in this movement, and they all, for the most part, get along very well with one another. Yeah, we're uh, coming so. up here. Hour three is on the way. Thanks, Brad, for coming in tonight. It's Free talk live. Is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800 259 9231. The number brought to you by SACL CAI 1 800 259 9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com. Main feature of the site actually allows you, the listener, to control the content on the website. You can submit different things to the site, stuff that you find online that you think is really interesting, that you think our listeners would enjoy. You submit it to the website, and then other listeners get to vote on whether they like or dislike it. And then the most liked will make it to the front page of the site, and then we're more likely to see them and talk about them here on the air. So head over to freetalklive.com to uh, to get interactive there. Again, our number is 1 800 259 9231. As usual, lots to talk about here tonight. Now, uh, Stephanie, I don't know, uh, Stephanie, by the way, Stephanie Murphy here from Pork Therapy, P O R C therapy, com. Uh, folks can go and listen to your podcast, which, uh, yeah, go ahead and put a little more plug in for it. What What is Pork Therapy?
2: Oh, thanks. Well, uh, it's a show that's about uh, relationships, and we talk about relationships from uh, a liberty-oriented perspective. And so um, we've talked about things like reputation and, uh, you know, not hitting children and raising children religious and all kinds of stuff uh, related to that. Um, and so it's really about how to get along with people in a voluntary society and just, you know— that that's basically it.
0: Yeah, and you guys uh, solicit questions from your yes. audience uh, via email, and then they can, uh, and then you'll answer them on the air, basically,
2: right? Yeah, we do have a call-in line too. Although oh, really? people have been a little bit shy about calling in. No, is it like a, a call-in
0: voicemail kind of line, or is it live yes. during the show?
2: Well, it's a it's a voicemail line, but we we have the capability to use it for like a live hmm. call-in during the show so that's cool yeah but nobody's taking us up on it they they email us and uh <laughs> they like to anonymize it's a little more anonymous sometimes. that way yeah especially yeah. if you've got
0: some sort of issue going on that you want to be yeah for quiet sure about definitely so uh yeah i mean i'm sure you're happy to field such questions here if you're here on free talk absolutely Live, right? so i would one. love
2: it if people call in with their um any kind of relationship questions you know friends fa- we were talking about family before how to communicate liberty to your family oh it's so uh, difficult yeah <laughs>
0: How have you how have you gone uh, about doing that? I mean, have you had any luck in your because I talk about my mom, but yeah. You didn't mention anything about your family.
2: Well, I mean, I've been uh, of a liberty mindset, I guess, for quite a long time, probably almost ten years. And I probably, when I started out, I was not very effective at, at communicating the viewpoints. It's probably true for everybody. Sure. And, uh, you know, I, I learned as I went along as well. Um, and so I guess probably because when I started out, I wasn't the best communicator. Um, it, it wasn't that great at reaching my family. And so they kind of blew right. me off, didn't take me very seriously. But, uh, you know, as, as I've matured and as time has gone on, I think my family has been a lot more interested and, and receptive in what's going on, but they're not hardcore freedom geeks. You know, they don't want to mm. necessarily move to New Hampshire, but they're interested in what I'm doing. And they're interested in in learning about the ideas, I guess, and they, and they get some of them inherently you know they don't right. they don't like taxes, nobody likes taxes, right? I mean, maybe I don't there know. Are some a people you died in the wool kind of some socialist people, the people or,
0: I think the people that are receiving the taxes like them
2: yes, like that's the, probably true, but they don't yeah. they don't pay i What I meant to say was that nobody likes to pay taxes.
0: This is true, although <laughs> Almost no for the most part, yeah, probably 90 plus percent people don't. Yeah. I mean, having done uh, my share of tax day outreach, mm. I can say that there are the occasional people who will berate you uh, and will is- essentially is- be nasty towards you about how it is sure. they love to pay taxes. You know, oh, mm-hmm. I love paying taxes. Uh, well, great. You can pay mine then. How about that? Yeah.
2: I I like the uh, the thing that some people say about if you like the drug war and you want to pay for it, like why don't you pay for it? And then like the next year we'll put it up for a vote again, and everyone who wants to pay for it can raise their hands and they can pay for it. I think that some of the people that that
0: uh, would claim to like paying taxes, you can usually get them to agree. That certain government programs they don't like, so they yep. uh, in they overall they certainly uh, disagree with some of the things the government does, but I think they rationalize the taxes by looking at the things that government does that they perceive as good you know so uh-huh. for instance health care uh whatever other programs they might the, the environment they have these kind of ideas of what these things are now sure. we might know what the, the real story is behind them we might know that the government uh actually hurts the environment more than it helps it that the yeah, government biggest
2: polluter is the military right i've heard correct. that statistic
0: it's bigger yeah. according to dr mary ruart's book uh, healing our world the military pollutes more than the top four corporate polluters combined oh wow but so they often
2: protect the corporate polluters too Sure, yeah. sure.
0: So so yeah, so we might know the truth behind that issue. We might know that uh the reason why you should be against corporations is uh not because they're inherently evil, but because they're uh a creation of the state to allow to yes. essentially protect businessmen uh, from liability for their actions. So so there are some things that people look at government and they say, oh yeah, well, I think that government should do these things and so therefore I don't mind paying taxes. They'll say that, well, I don't think that the government should be fighting the war in Iraq, but they should be uh, helping sick people, so I don't mind paying taxes. They, feel, they don't feel good about everything the tax dollars are going toward, uh, but they also don't feel terrible about it either. So they rationalize it based yeah. on... Uh, what, they, what they perceive it as being. And, of course, we know that uh, in the absence of the, the, the government taxation that these people would be able to allocate their resources accurately. They'd be able to, yes. instead of having however much of their taxes, what, 50-plus uh, percent go to the military, because the military is a huge chunk oh, of yeah. the federal budget, Yeah, they would be able to take all of that money and give it to some sort of private charity that would also do a better job at taking care of the sick people as well. Yes, And so it's, it's communicating those ideas that is obviously the you know, the, the tricky part and kind of what we were talking about earlier.
2: And I've, I've heard people sort of take different tacks with that. Uh, you know, when they get someone who says, well, I like this about the government and what they do, but I don't like this. For instance, I like healthcare, but I don't like the military. I've heard like, for instance, Ron Paul say, well, you know, I'm not going to attack the government paying for medical research or paying for, uh, taking care of sick people. Uh, if they could just get rid of, you know, this gigantic military budget, I'd be happy. So some people might be persuaded by that, although I think it's probably not the most consistent approach.
0: Yeah, it's not striking the root.
2: Yes, or you could say something like, "Well, you know, the government uh, funding funding research. You know, there are private charities who could do that much better and more efficiently." And maybe decide uh, better what what the government should uh, uh, sorry what they should um, what diseases they should focus their efforts on, and it would be voluntary. You know, you could give money to those charities based on how good they were, right. and based on you know what. It, when you liked what they were doing versus having it taken you, um, you know, by taxation, which is uh, forceful.
0: Well, because when you start digging into the stuff like what the government spends money, when we're talking about medical research right. uh, or any sort of scientific research. When you start digging into that, yeah, you might find some uh, things that are a lot of people would agree would be important. Right. But you'll also find a, just pork basically you'll find nonsense where sure. they're in you know they're investing people's tax dollars and learning about some ludicrous thing that monkeys do i mean it might yeah. be important to a handful of people but to the entire uh populace it might they might disagree
2: or heck maybe something you know there's the issues uh, of using stem cells in research and things like that maybe Very some people yeah. who don't agree with that on a on a moral basis you know are are offended by having to be forced to pay for it and, and that so, could be your
0: in right I mean, to yeah. find out what the what the government does that the person you're talking to on that issue would definitely disagree with and bring that up and say, well, you know you I know you don't agree with the stem cell funding, so uh maybe you could explain to them how it is that in the voluntary society they wouldn't be forced to pay for things like sure. that."
2: Yes. Yeah. I When I'm starting out talking to someone about liberty, I like to say something along the lines of, well, you know, do you think the government is too big, too small, or about the right size? That's an and important question. A lot of them will say it's too big. But if they don't say it's too big, then... You know, Move maybe along. I don't waste my time. on yep. them.
0: <laughs> That's a great qualifier. Uh, in fact, that's what I used to do with the the World's Smallest Political Quiz, which is something the Advocates oh, for Self-Government yeah. put together. Very cool. I uh, would give out the World's Smallest Political Quiz to people at public events. And of course, that uh, for those that don't know, you can go to quiz.freetalklive.com. You can take it. Uh, it's a little 10 question survey, uh, 10 issues, and then people mark if they agree or disagree. And then uh, the more they agree, the more libertarian they score. And the more they disagree, the more authoritarian they Mm -hmm. score. And they can also be a left liberal or a right conservative or in the center. And so I use that as my qualifier for people. Like if they were authoritarians, then not the best of uh, prospects for the the liberty message. Yeah, nice to meet you. I would actually always offer everyone, no matter what they scored, I'd offer to sell them some information. Like I had a book and I had uh, like a flyer. For the quarter, all, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They all had a price on them. And believe it or not, I actually sold some books to some authoritarians. Hmm. So I, you would think you should just write them off right out the gate. No, no. I'll, I'll give them the chance to learn more, whoever they are. Sure. It's just I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on them personally. More coming up. Free Talk Live.
3: This Your Family Today
2: tip is brought to you by Nestle Pure Life Water. Helping you drink better and live better by providing a zero-calorie alternative to sugary drinks. Visit us at nestle-purelife.us. When kids are playing, they often don't want to stop to keep hydrated. So send them out with a bottle of water and encourage them to take frequent drink breaks. Or call them inside for a quick sip. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com yourfamilytoday.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. And enjoy all the features there for free, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. The last week's worth are there on the front page of the site. And then when you click into the archive section, you will uh, have access to a few years' worth, all the way back to 2006. And it's all brought to you by HostGator. They're a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. And if you enter through our special link, you'll get your first month completely free. So, enter through hostgator.freetalklive.com. That again, hostgator.freetalklive.com. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. As we continue with your phone calls, uh, we will also talk about some uh, what apparently is going to be a very disturbing story, Stephanie, about pregnant women in jail.
2: Uh, not babies. just pregnant, yeah. Pe- women who were giving birth and were restrained uh, against their will.
0: We'll talk about that. Uh, but first, your phone calls. David is on the line in New Hampshire. David, you're on Free Talk Live.
11: Hi, good evening. Hey, David. Um, I enjoy the show, Pork Therapy, too. I was, oh, oh, excellent.
2: Thank you, David. Yeah, he- I,
11: I heard the one where you're talking about the little kid dressed in a, what was it? Oh, dressed up like,
2: like a strawberry. Exactly. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a that pet was peeve a fun of, fun of mine. One. <laughs>
0: I heard that too. It was quite amu- quite amusing.
11: <laughs> yeah, that was but um, I was going to ask the officer. It seems to me a lot of police. They seem like they're angry, or uh, like they have an attitude, or like they everybody's guilty to them, or something. Do you? What when he was when you were like an officer? What kind of? What did you get from them when you talked to them? Like
0: Brad Jardis is no longer in the studio. Uh, yeah, that's he has, how he left. He is oh. gone. But you can ask your question to the ether, and then perhaps uh, one sure. of them will uh, right. call in and, right. answer and, and answer it. But no, what was oh. the question? When he was an officer, what?
11: Yeah, I was just wondering what, and also how do you know when if they have quotas? You know, because I know a lot uh, of them yes. do have quotas.
0: They'll never call it that though.
2: Yeah, but sometimes the quotas sort of leak out, you know, uh, against their uh, wishes or whatever of the police department.
0: Yes, uh, but they'll never call it a quota. There's always another term for it. I remember the uh, the story that we talked about most recently, and it was probably a few years ago now. I think it was the Philadelphia, not Philadelphia, but the Pennsylvania State Police, where they have what they call the departmental average. And so the average. Oh, and if you
2: were below the average, you got reprimanded, and if Correct. you were above, you got some kind of a pay bonus or something. Yeah, something yeah, like that. that
0: so right. the so it would be an average amount of tickets, for instance, that uh, an officer would give uh, give out every week. Or I don't know if it was a weekly average or monthly or whatever it was, but they had an average, and then yeah, so it wasn't a quota. Like there wasn't an actual physical number on a on a weekly basis that they were nailed down to but the way that the average thing works is it actually encourages more right because if it's if they're punishing people who are below average they're trying to encourage them to become above average meaning that uh, if everybody strives to become above average more people will be more cops will be giving out more tickets thereby raising the average has nowhere to go but up actually (laughs) right so so actually a departmental average is worse uh than an arbitrary quota
11: because yeah. I asked the the Keen um, head officer, whatever it's called, I asked him directly when he was on one of those
0: radio shows, and he said, "No, there's no quota." But, well, again, it's a true statement if they yeah.
2: have a departmental average, right? Or maybe they don't. You they know. may not. It's possible they have no nothing of that sort in Keene or whatever.
0: No, I've, I've I've looked at the Keen uh, police logs, and again, I've, I'm the first person to compliment the uh, the Keen police. I mean. Yeah, they're still hurting people and, and doing the wrong thing, but at least they do the wrong thing a little less often than the average cops. I think a lot of other cops around the country, you can look at their police logs and you can see that they pull a lot of people over and they give them warnings as opposed to uh, to give them tickets. And And that's one of those discretionary things that a cop can do. And I think that they should do more of.
11: Right. right, absolutely. Anything else
0: you want to share tonight, David?
11: Unlike what they did with that fellow with the bald tires, which was disappointing to me, and I expressed it on also a radio show. Right,
0: where you uh, where they uh, they pulled somebody over as they were coming mm-hmm. into Keene, making the move to Keene, and right. uh, uh, ascertained somehow that they were free staters, and then decided to uh, tow their car. Exact
11: really? opposite of discretion. Mm-hmm. A matter yep. of fact, rather uh, was punitive. Was it bumper stickers? And,
0: um... No, I think there was conversation that uh, they. It's, wow. they asked them if they were they well they were they uh, somehow revealed they were coming to Keene and then so I guess that prompted the officer to ask why are you a free stater. And wow. it was it wasn't long after that that uh, they chose to tow their car for allegedly having bald tires but somebody else took a look at them and said they looked fine. Or the tow operator actually said that wow. they looked fine. So And is
2: it specifically illegal to have bald tire I mean they you know they have the state mandated mandated inspections where they mm-hmm. supposedly like look at the tires but if you're caught between inspections having bald tires, is there a specific law that that person maybe no, could be.
11: there may be, but no one, no one gets charged with. I mean, I'm a person with oh, like yeah. very little means, and, and my tires aren't always perfect, and I've never heard of anyone getting towed for bald tires. That sounds like a singling to me. That sounds like a singling out and a um, uh, what's the word with um, targeting? P- yeah, pr- pr- yeah,
0: the p- persecution.
2: They might okay. as well charge me for, like, showing my ankles on Sunday, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is that one in New Hampshire?
2: They have that Something one? like that.
0: <laughs> hey, thanks, David, for the call tonight. All I appreciate right, hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Welcome to Keene, citizen. Here's your first ticket.
2: <laughs> nice welcome, yeah.
0: Not that there are citizens. It's just that's what they think. And, you know, what I like about uh, what I've always found interesting about the
2: police, and I, I've been meaning to ask them about this. Why do they call everyone subjects? It seems like it's a legalese kind of term, you know, like it means something different than we think it means. But it yeah. seems
0: pretty clear to me what it means. I mean, they don't yeah. call each other subjects. They're uh, their fellow officers. That's true. Right? They
2: also don't write each other speeding tickets and you know.
0: professional courtesy as sure. uh, it is, is called. Uh, but subject is a and you're right. You know, it could be a legal term. And I'm, I'm sure I could pull up a legal dictionary and find out exactly what the, the legalese version of it means. But I doubt it's too far yeah. off. Uh, from the uh, the English d- definition, you're a subject. Well, that means that you're basically a serf, or you're owned uh, by these people. They look down upon you. Yeah. If you're that a implies, subject, you're not on the same level. You're
2: inferior, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that gives you some idea of it. And David mentioned the uh, the the anger that a lot of cops have. And you know, on one hand, I can't blame them. um They do have to deal with some scummy people. Sure. So, so I I can't blame them, but I know that when I was working for uh, for retail, I was working for the, the big Kmart when I was younger, between age sixteen and twenty. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't matter if somebody was angry with you if a customer came in and uh, was trying to rile you up, and some of them did. You know when they felt like they got a bad deal or you know, they were re- returning a product or th- it broke, whatever the reason was. Uh, they'd come in and they'd make a scene or they'd try to get you to, to respond in an angry fashion. It just wasn't ever appropriate to do that. It just wasn't appropriate to let their, uh, their attitude infect yours. Well, you don't want to yell at your customers. No, certainly not that. But also you don't want to be infected by any kind of anger. Yes. You don't want to have the angry customer leave, have a good customer come up, and be turned off by you being angry yeah. about it. You, you learn to compartmentalize. If you're going to uh, you know, have words or something with a, with a rude customer, like, okay, well, you need to leave the store, or if they're being really out of control or something like that, you've got to put a smile on your face for the next person that comes up because they're someone completely different. And so the, the idea that the cops have been dealing with scumbags all day and then they have to deal with you and you're not a scumbag, but they're still being angry at you is not an excuse for them.
2: And they, that must wear on them emotionally, too. You know, oh, my gosh. Taking in all that anger.
0: A lot of them are alcoholics. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. A lot of features there. We give them all away. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. Ours? Is free. So head over there and enjoy it, including the bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there, everything from uh, silly nonsense to serious issues. You'll find it all over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it is Ian and Stephanie. And Stephanie joining us from uh, Pork Therapy. That's pork with a C, porktherapy.com. Uh, again, we will take your calls about anything. But in the absence of those, we will talk about things that are, uh, well, hopefully will be interesting to you. And uh, apparently this one is because it's on the very top of our website right now at freetalklive.com. Is that where you found this uh, this story or were you yes. already aware of it?
2: Uh, no, I found it on freetalklive.com oh. and thanks to whoever uh, submitted it.
0: So, uh, thanks to Zeus Legion. In fact, you can... Uh, oh, I know
2: Zeus. He's yeah. cool. He helped us edit some audio one time. <laughs> thanks, yeah, good Zeus. Guy.
0: Uh, in fact, Zeus is the man uh, with the voice that you hear on the Liberty Radio Network at Lrn.fm. Oh, very cool! The very deep kind of radio, vo- you know, gravelly. Yeah, sort of
2: voice. that's awesome.
0: <laughs> uh, so, do tell, uh, Stephanie. What
2: uh, What is this story about? Okay, so this is from the Chicago Tribune by uh, Colleen uh, Mastoni, and it's called "Childbirth in Chains." More than twenty former Cook County inmates have filed suits, say they were handcuffed or shackled during labor. Now, I don't know about you. I mean, they were murderers, right? All of them were violent, uh, uh, no. vicious. No, no. Uh, probably mostly non-violent drug mm. offenders, uh, simple possession stuff like that. I mean, sure, there were probably some murderers in there. I don't really know. Maybe the story will get into it. Let's read. How
0: it. often do uh, women get caught for murder? Right? I mean, because mm, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> you, you can't. You can't ask the question, "How often do women kill?" because Mm-hmm. You only know who gets caught for murder. Sure. So. It seems unlikely that the women that they have in this correctional facility, uh, that many of them are going to be there for, for murder.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would guess many of them there for maybe maybe petty theft or mm-hmm. prostitution, maybe d- drug offenses, stuff like that.
0: And was this? A, I missed it. Was this a women's prison or just jail?
2: Uh, it says Cook County inmates, so I don't know. Maybe the article will. Uh, Cook get County into
0: it. is likely a jail. If it's uh, okay. if it's if it's got yeah, county, county jail, in front right. of it, it's it's likely jail because usually it's state prison. There's no county prisons anywhere. So that makes yeah. Sense. These are women who are. If it's a jail, that means that they are in for... Less I than think a year. It's, Yeah, I think it's pretty standard across the country that jail inmates are there for less than a year. So sure. you are talking about something that is a fairly minor mm-hmm. offense.
2: Yeah, and then later it mentions the sheriff's office. So yeah, it's probably mm-hmm. a small, smaller place. Okay, so here's the story. Um, and the picture, I mean, if you get a chance to check this out, the picture is just very telling. There's a picture of a woman with uh, basically like a single tear running down her cheek, and I feel uh, very bad for her, so... Okay, Uh, Latiana Walton went through most of her labor at Stroger Hospital with an arm and leg chained to her bed, she remembers. As contractions surged through her body, she could not move or change position to relieve the pain. A Cook County correctional...
0: Yeah, I mean... I can only imagine, right? Uh, (laughs) I can only imagine what that must be like. And uh, every woman that's out there that's ever had a child certainly knows how difficult that kind of a situation would be.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Or or maybe some some people are listening who are men, but they've seen wives or sisters or other family members give birth. And it's it can be pretty painful. I mean, especially the process of labor. It can go on for days sometimes. Uh, and, you know, a lot of women find relief from, Changing position and getting getting into different positions. There are sure. some people who say that uh, you know lying on a bed on your back is not the most natural position for childbirth. Is that right? Yeah, and some some women stand up or or get in all fours or you know other other things like that. that some uh, have help a, with the pain,
0: right? Some have it on a birthing pool.
2: Yes, that's right. true. That's uh, some people do do that. So so, but this these women were not allowed to do any movement at all. They were chained mm. to a bed. Uh, it, so this woman in particular had an arm and a leg chained to the bed. Jeez. Right. I mean, they couldn't. If they're going to restrain her, they couldn't just do one arm or something, so at least she can move around. Jeez. Like, talk about no compassion. Yeah, that's horrible. horrifying. Uh, so, she says, uh, as contractions surged through her body, she could not move or change change position to relieve the pain. A Cook County Correctional Officer repeatedly refused to remove the restraints, she said, even when a doctor objected, saying that he was unable to administer an epidural so she couldn't even get an epidural because of this, which is right. Because uh, they do pain. that in the back, right? Yeah, it's it's pain medicine that's injected into the um into the spi- spinal area. So. Right.
0: So we can't do the epidural because this cop standing here won't let us unchain this woman to roll her over to uh, to administer this.
2: Yeah, brutal. So she was so do, forced to go so, without pain medication.
0: So basically, the uh the the, the doctor in this case, doctors are they've got the Hippocratic Oath where they they swear to uh, yes to do
2: no harm. Do no right? harm. Basically
0: And uh, so this doctor has to stand there idly, well, while he could do something to reduce the harm that this woman is experiencing, that the pain that this woman is experiencing, he's forced by the man with a gun to simply stand there and say, "I'm sorry, I can't do anything or else this guy's going to arrest me, basically, right because basically I mean, I'm sure
2: he, he the couldn't only do reason anything he anyway. couldn't do anything was that the you know the, he was scared of whoever was uh, there with her from the jail. It's right. really a pity.
0: Well, I mean, of course, he couldn't unhook the handcuffs. Anyway, only the man with the gun could unhook the handcuffs. So it's not like, even if the man with the gun left the room, the that's true. doctor yeah. still couldn't do anything.
2: Yeah. So she goes on to say in the in the article, the woman is quoted, I actually said to the guard, where am I going? I'm crying. I'm in pain. Recalled <laughs> right. Walton, 26.
0: I, I f- mean, if that's what it's about, if it's about keeping her there in the hospital to, a, to a sh- ensure that she doesn't go somewhere... The man with the gun could just stand in the room, as he clearly was doing. Sure. And that should probably be enough to prevent... I mean, if she had wanted to get up and run out, that probably would stop her. And you know, where, the fact I, that I mean, he might she's shoot. in
2: labor. Do you think she's going to run around it's and... It's ludicrous. I, I don't think she could go too far. No. It's absolutely <laughs> He's absurd. She's having contractions. I mean, if you've seen women who are who are experiencing labor, like it's probably kind of difficult for them to even walk. Sometimes they double oh over in God. pain when they feel one, so... Yeah
0: they're in that bed cuz they need to be there there's nowhere else they can be
2: yeah and then so uh so she said i'm crying i'm in pain and then she said i'm not going to get up and run out of the hospital <laughs> on august 27 2008 walton who had been arrested after she missed a court date on a retail theft charge became one of an estimated 50 women who give birth every year while in the custody of the cook county jail so she had a a retail theft. And you know, we're not condoning theft. It, it's wrong, of course. I mean, it, you know, she but she should pay restitution to the person that she stole from. She shouldn't be chained to a bed in the hospital while she's having her baby. Wow.
0: So sick. Yeah. So sick. Now, it's uh what was it? kind of what kind of theft was it? It was just a uh
2: it says retail theft. Retail and theft. she missed she also missed her court date.
0: So, it wasn't grand theft because there's a certain level of having worked uh, yes. in retail. Okay. Uh when I would work with the, the loss control guy, and so I uh, was kind of aware of how that worked. There's a certain level, probably, and it's probably like this in most states, where there's a certain level of goods and amount that triggers grand theft, mm-hmm. and uh, it's probably in the hundreds of dollars. Yeah. So if she went in and you know put some clothes inside her shirt or whatever, it, that's what she likely got charged for, was just taking some sure. little stuff. And like you say, it's wrong, mm-hmm. and she was caught, and restitution should be paid. This is so far removed so far removed from the idea of justice.
2: Yeah. And I wonder how far along she was in her pregnancy when she got, you know, convicted of this. Like how long has she been carrying that baby and pregnant uh well in jail. In
0: jail. Yeah. Really not a very uh, pleasant environment for anyone, uh, yeah. let alone a pregnant mother.
2: Yeah, and you don't I mean you don't exactly get uh that much medical attention in jail. I no, it's imagine. pretty bad. Yeah. So, and, the,
0: and the medical attention. Now, I'm not going to say that the people that are doing the medical work in jails are all bad people or anything like oh that, no, but, but it's the same old story with government where you still don't have the incentives to give the best care mm-hmm. uh, because, well, first of all, they're probably approaching them from the perspective that these are criminals. And so there's a certain level of disrespect there coming from the, the medical person. Uh, they're also, and I'm speculating. Uh, there's going to be a wide range. There are probably people that work for jails that do the darn their darn best job they possibly
2: can, yeah. and
0: I know there are people that work for jails that just eh, just don't care that much.
2: And sometimes the COs may say stuff like, "Oh, well, she's making it up. She's not really in that mm-hmm. much pain," and they might not let her see a doctor. So, you know, there it probably comes from all sides. We'll and... come back with more. There's more to the
0: story here, because. Uh, I want to find out what the Sheriff's Department has to say about this. Ah, yeah, okay. Uh, 800-259-9231. Your thoughts are welcome. Bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. talk live only moments remain just enough time for your call if you make it right now 800-259-9231 that's the SACL c-a-i toll free line 1-800-259-9231 you can join us online at freetalklive.com we we'll give you the features on the site for free so enjoy those on us again that's freetalklive.com uh so oh by the way if you want to help support the show One of the ways you can do that is by going to promote.freetalklive.com, and you will get a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations, into more people's ears on the Internet. Head over to promote.freetalklive.com as we continue here. And what is a four-page story uh, for Internet pages uh, from the Chicago Tribune? And it's the top story right now at freetalklive.com, thanks to uh, listeners like you voting it up and bringing it to our attention. Stephanie, you wouldn't have seen it had it not been there yeah. at the top of the website. And it's about women in Cook County. Uh, and this is Illinois. Which I think does that contain Chicago? It must. Yeah. Uh, women in Cook County who are giving birth while they are in the custody of the Cook County Sheriff's Office mm-hmm. in the jail. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not being. And I'm I'm shocked that they aren't actually forcing them. Considering how awful they're treating these women, I'm shocked they're even bothering to bring them to the hospital in order to have these babies. I guess that's a good thing. Uh, but they're chaining them to the bed. They're shackling their arm and oh, at least one arm, at least one leg, uh, both, uh, one of each, to the, the bed. They also, on top of that, are posting at least an armed guard or two uh, mm-hmm. in the room with these women sometimes
2: not even female says the article Oh yeah yeah they say preferably female but sometimes it's not and that might be embarrassing
0: likely would um Mm. so let's continue with the story here we're not going to get through the whole thing because it's so lengthy uh, but there are definitely some more things that are worth uh, worth pointing out here and uh, it's certainly one of those uh, items that's worth going and experiencing the entire uh, piece and again you can see it at at freetalklive.com go ahead stephanie
2: Okay, so uh, to summarize briefly, uh, they're interviewing a woman who has been uh, restrained with one arm and one leg chained to the hospital bed while she was giving uh, birth, and she was uh, in the jail because she had a uh, retail theft charge and missed her court date, uh, and so that's how she ended up there. So the article goes on to say, uh, shackling women during labor is illegal. Illinois became the first state to ban the practice in 1999, and nine other states have followed suit. But it's more than,
0: illegal, but they're still doing it?
2: <laughs> Apparently, yes. I don't think they... Maybe they don't wow. know because there's so many tomes and tomes of laws, or maybe they just don't care. Uh, uh, but, but nine other states have followed suit. Uh, more than 20 former jail inmates, including Walton, who's the woman who was being interviewed, have filed lawsuits since 2008 against the Cook County Sheriff's Office, which runs the jail, alleging that they were handcuffed by the wrist or shackled by the leg while giving birth. Most of these women, according to their attorney, have been uh, had been arrested for nonviolent crimes and were awaiting trial. So they hadn't even been found guilty yet; they were just arrested for mm. for nonviolent. Ugh. Ugh. It's, it's horrifying. Cruel and unusual punishment? Anyone? I mean, if that's not cruel and unusual, I don't know what is. Being giving birth while chained to a bed and not having pain medication—twisted. If, if you want it, yeah. That's yeah, so sad. Uh, last night, uh, sorry, last month, U.S. District Judge Amy St. Eve granted the litigation class action status. So now they have a class action lawsuit. Do you think that's going to solve the problem? I don't know. There is a possibility
0: it might. I mean, if they are found uh, negligent or guilty or whatever of uh, of not. Following their own rules, then they the may, taxpayers
2: have to pay right
0: right the, the individuals who are involved will not have any uh, legal responsibility no one 's going to get fired over this. The sheriff 's not, not going to lose his his position. Um, if anything changes they will ch- they will change the policy um, that'll be that'll be all the changes and if that yeah. happens, then that 's good uh, but it 's a shame that they have to go through this. Legal process, this stressful. I mean, as though it weren't stressful enough to be in jail and have your your baby while you're uh, you're in jail and yeah. be changed to the bed. Then you get to go through the stressful process of going through the legal system yeah. and trying to win a lawsuit against the state.
2: And does the Not baby easy. just get taken away from them as soon as it's born? It's a good question. I, I as don't well. know. I wonder what happens Presumably. to the baby. I don't know.
0: Unless there's a, you know, unless daddy's around or something like that.
2: Yeah. So officials at the sheriff's office say their policy follows the law. Of course it does. <laughs> And the law is always right, so
0: clearly the law uh, is what's moral, and it's clearly moral to put these women in handcuffs. While I mean, what are you?
2: No, not, not so really. so
0: twisted in their justifications. What do they have to say to that?
2: They say a pregnant woman, a pregnant woman, can be restrained according to the policy until a medical official confirms that she is in fact in labor. So they're basically using a technicality. You know, labor can start, but until a doctor says, oh, okay, if she's in labor." They can they take it to mean that they can restrain her. So then uh, they say, when does, quote, labor begin? Our officers aren't trained to know. The state law doesn't say. So we re- rely on medical personnel to advise us. Steve Patterson, a, spokesperson, a spokesman for the sheriff's office, wrote in an email. Once a medical person advises us someone is in labor, restraints of whatever sort are removed. Well, that's funny because... The woman that was Not interviewed in this article, she said she was having contractions while she was chained to the bed. So. Not
0: according to the 20-plus uh, 20, uh, 20 uh, former inmates that are filing this lawsuit.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, really, like, I wonder how long they wait before, you know, getting these women to the doctor to confirm that they're actually in labor. I mean...
0: Knowing how long they make you... I mean, having been in jail for a short period of time, for about four days of my life I've spent there now, Yeah, uh, I can say that... And, and and the jail I was in was one of the better jails. Mm-hmm. It's, it's certainly not a terrible place, uh, but the, the bureaucrats just aren't very attentive. Yeah, you know, they just aren't. There was a guy who was uh, who was apparently had some sort of broken leg. He'd he'd fallen while he was in there, and they had him in his own cell. And you know they seemed to be attending to him. Yep. Um, they were in a place where they could see him. If he wanted to get attention, he could he could flag him down fairly easily. But uh, generally, the you know, the bureaucrats, when they say they're going to do something for you, if you manage to – first you have to get their attention. And then if they actually come over to uh, to see what you want, then uh, you tell them what you want. And then you just kind of cross your fingers and hope that that particular bureaucrat will still be there in a, in a few hours and they'll actually accomplish what it is they, you know, have set out to allegedly do for you. Sometimes they just don't come back. Yeah. Oh. But it's not it's not a big deal when you're asking for a pencil and a piece of paper, uh, but it's a big deal when you're pregnant and you're you know, going through uh, childbirthing pains.
2: Yeah. So the plaintiff's attorneys argue that the restraints were in his client's cases removed too late or not at all he contends that sheriff's officials interpret labor as the movements immediately before birth. Oh, <laughs> so God. I wonder how many women in the audience are listening to that and cracking up. Ludicrous. I, mean, I mean, labor can, la- can last for days, right? I mean, yes. My mother was said she was in labor for two days with me before I, I you know, popped out.
0: <laughs> it's just so absurd. And if they're going to post a guard there, you would think that would be sufficient. Yeah. Nobody's going to run out of the, j- nobody who's in jail for petty theft, like this woman was. Yeah. Is going to get up and make an escape out of the hospital to get away from a petty theft charge. I mean, yeah. this,
2: they you know what that's going to result in if you could possibly get away? Oh, but she missed her court date, so she's a flight risk. Is that right? <laughs> that's probably what they say. Yeah. I don't agree, but
0: <laughs> it's it's just absurd.
2: Yeah. Uh so okay. Um so The article goes on. You know, it's pretty lengthy. We only have a couple of minutes left. But I I wanted to make sure we read a quote that's uh, on the second page from this woman. Uh, She says... uh, Is this a different one or the same one? um, No, this is Walton, the same woman. Uh, In Walton's case, she did not get an epidural and the guard agreed to remove the leg shackle only 10 minutes before she gave birth to her son, Darian, she said. The handcuff remained on... Passionate man. Oh yeah the hand, the handcuff remained on through the delivery and the leg shackle was replaced immediately after the birth she said i couldn't push the placenta out because i couldn't position my legs walton said if it, you
0: i'm sorry go ahead with a quote and then
2: it is not fair to treat a person like this i did a crime but i'm not willing to be treated like a dog i was treated like i wasn't human just let that sink in. Yeah, yeah.
0: That uh that pretty much sums it up. Can you imagine mm-hmm. also uh usually once when, sh- when you have the the baby at least they do this in the movies. They let you <laughs> hold the baby, right? Yeah. She's got one hand uh shackled to How <laughs> are you going to hold your baby? Yeah. And I guess you could do it with one one arm or something like that, but Yeah. A mother I would think would want to hold her baby with both arms and you know hold it close and Yes. and uh, I doubt Wrap that she was able to do that either. Yeah. Did they send the guys? I, I just wonder the, the sheriff's deputies that are uh, that are going to these things that are the guard, the armed guards in the room. Did they send all the guys that don't have wives with kids? I mean, the, the, that have never been through this before, so they don't have any idea of the, the the humanity that is necessary to uh, to engage in this process of childbirthing. You would think that a lot of these guys have kids. I, I imagine they do.
2: Yeah, it's just that some when they
0: get into this job and we've seen this with the uh, the different studies that have been done on uh, jails and guards and mm-hmm. the, the guards and the uh, the inmates oh the milgram
2: study and stuff yeah
0: yeah stanford prison experiment yeah. was was one of them where you put somebody who's otherwise a caring compassionate person in this role of power mm-hmm. in this role where they have control over uh, people's lives and they become they, they move toward becoming sadistic so it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if a lot of these guys had been through childbirthing with their own wives. And you know they wouldn't have ever. And can you imagine what they would think if their wife was being, if the doctor said, all right, well, so we need to chain your wife down now. Oh, they yeah. would be ballistic about that.
2: It's amazing that they can compartmentalize these prisoners like that. Yep. I mean, and we she are got it right.
0: out of time. More tomorrow night. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.